0: The Two True Freaks, Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep making animated Star Wars, Hope, Malmax, and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of The Mandalorian. In this episode, Din gathers all his allies to rescue Grogu from the claws of Moth Gideon. There will be... somehow the himbo falls ass upwards into being the ruler of Mandalore. We're talking about The Mandalorian episode, The Rescue, this week. How you doing, Krius?
2: Good, ever since we've been talking about him as a himbo, it's uh-huh. been making these episodes a lot better. <laughs> really? Cause he just himbo- like, it, it, it puts a new context on it that's actually a valid context uh-huh. to his character. And like, when he just walks into the bridge, just like, dum dum it's in his hand, like, doop video. oh, this? This is a big deal.
1: <laughs> right? Right?
2: I don't and, want
3: it. <laughs> and the same thing with,
1: like, Luke Skywalker... Because I was thinking about this, like... Kara probably is aware of who Luke Skywalker is... Because he was, like, the hero that blew up that Death Star... But... And maybe, like... Bo-Katan, maybe? But, like... He... I, I had this... He has no idea who the fuck Luke Skywalker is! <laughs> and he'd just be like... Oh, it's... Are you a Jedi? What's happening? <laughs> like... And I like it because... He is such a sheltered character and cause so he really just doesn't know a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> and he's a himbo and I love him. Oh man. So I know we're gonna be Did I lose you? Hello? I'm still here. I'm okay, still here. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um uh I know it's gonna be two weeks late. That everyone over the weekend was D23, which means we got both a Tales of the Jedi trailer and Mando trailer. Oh my god, Chris, by the time this episode comes out, Andor will be or will be starting. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's just a couple <gasps> weeks. So yeah.
1: ah, it starts next week. We have three episodes of Andor next week.
2: It looks really good, and I guess they were—they did a whole—they showed a whole scene from it. And it's A
1: good scene.
2: It, when you went to—did uh, you—did you say I haven't seen it yet? that, that um, if you went to see Rogue One in the theaters.
1: And apparently, it's the same scene that they put on. They put it up on YouTube. Um, and apparently, from my understanding, it's the same scene. I am so sad I didn't get to see Rogue One because I was still watching Shripp possibly die. <laughs> Um but yeah, it no, it was a good scene and if if that's how the entire show is going to be, like I am excited.
0: Um
2: yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm very uh, cautiously hopeful. It looks good. I'm I'm interested in how it's I'm I'm at the very bottom, you know, at the very least interested in the look of it and that it's also going volume free. Volume free, baby!
1: Woo! I mean, freedom. I've said it since it was announced. Like Rogue One's my favorite movie. Like this was like my number, like one of my number one projects along with Visions when all, everything was announced. And I was, i now it's here, and I'm like, yes, uh, I'm gyrating. Well, I think you're getting
2: vindicated a little bit. It, although it always happens in time, but you know, I, I, people are really like starting to be like, um. Saying good things about not just Rogue One from the start had people that really, you know, there's always going to be people who don't like it or whatever, or hate it for whatever reasons. But 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 Rogue One definitely got the best, like just sort of word of mouth through since it's been out. But Solo's starting to uh, people are starting to like, you know, talk about how like they they a lot of people feel about Solo like you do, so. It's. it's they're they're starting to be like, you know, they're starting to get their like, well, actually articles, you know, good like, was Solo actually a good movie? Well, well, the thing is
1: about Solo is when it first came out, I wasn't warm on it. Like, we recorded our initial reactions to it, and I wasn't warm on it. It just took time, like, sitting on it and re-watching it and, like, getting, like, more content around it, like, all the stuff with Kira. Like, that's when I started... (laughs) that's when I started loving it um but I but we recorded an entire episode and I wasn't warm on it for the first time so like well, I, yeah I
2: was probably like I was less like I think I don't know I I, I seen when we talked to, in the episode when we talked about it you were you you were definitely a lot lot better on it than me but it, I like i don't know like if i just talked about it like "Ah, it was good i liked it you know and that was about how i felt about it there were some there were elements of it that i really really liked but i think like that show we did i sounded more negative about it than i really am which is when i don't not like the movie i like the movie but i it it, it just didn't like cement itself it didn't strongly vibe with me you know
1: I know we recorded two episodes about Sola. Like, we recorded one, like, the week after it came out. And then we recorded it for our commentary, yeah, like, two, two for years ago. our commentary. That's the one I'm
2: talking about, the commentary.
1: And the thing is, when I remember when we recorded our initial reactions when it first came out, I did not dig Kira at all. And now, like, years later, she's up there as one of my favorite Star Wars yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, things change. And so I'm happy that, like, people are coming around on Rogue One. But... Chris, it was D23, and we got two trailers. So as much as it's my more favorite one, and I would rather talk about it last, let's save the Mando 3 trailer for a second and talk about my favorite trailer of the weekend, Tales of the Jedi.
2: Okay, my only critique is there's one line from Count Dooku where he sounds just like Cad Bane.
1: That's, I think they're the same voice actor.
2: It's gotta be. It, oh, I there's no it, way it's not. I think it's Corey there's Burton.
0: No,
2: yeah, there's no way it's not. It sounds, he sounds just like Cad Bane. There's like, and it, it's like a two sentence slide, it's like a very florid Count Dooku line. And I'm like, that's Cad Bane.
1: Okay, yeah, because he, because Cory Burton played both Count Dooku and Cad Bane and Zero the Hut.
2: Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Um,
2: quite a vocal range
1: what what did you think of tales of the jedi trailer i'm just happy we're getting more animation i'm sad i like i like the look of it being I, i will say i'm sad that bad batch is officially delayed until january but we at least have a date for january
2: i i like the look of it i gotta tell you i've always been always thought that like always loved to see like what Count Dooku was like when he was uh when he was you know Jediing around and like be, being you know um Qui-Gon's master and stuff and young Qui-Gon and all that so that 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 seemed very that's always seemed like very interesting fertile ground so I gotta see that but let's let's take the elephant in the room are we gonna have to get like instead of a squirt gun a tranquilizer gun for Yoda
1: I the uh, yeah at the moment I saw Yaddle I was like oh I we're saw gonna... that
2: hair piece I saw that hair piece and I was just like oh oh no that weird scullet thing going on and I was like oh god you think Grogu's bad Yoda's Yoda's gonna hate this shit I I'm, I'm really afraid of what Yaddle's gonna do but like also we might be able to pick out we might be able to figure out some stuff now that we're I... getting Yaddle as a character
1: I'm actually wondering if. Dicku kills yaddle because they're fighting <laughs> i'm like does he accidentally kill yaddle like like what's happening there like that that no he all. can't
2: get not in, not in this he can't kill yaddle because yaddle is on the jedi council
1: in phantom menace is she in attack of the clones
2: yeah, but this is this is way before. This is like look at little little gon there. This it's, is years before. You know no, the,
1: there are three different character models of Dooku, because it's three different oh, shorts.
3: And
1: uh-oh. one one is him clean-shaven, one is him with a goatee, and one of his uh, is him with gray hair. Like like with like salt oh, and pepper okay. hair. So, so there okay. are actually three different character models going on. Okay. Um, and and Yaddle is not in Attack of the Clones. I, I just googled no, it. No, she's not. So I'm wondering if he kills her. I don't know. It's gonna be. Uh, it's. I don't. I don't know. It's so interesting. I uh. T- to be honest, like I I love it's a So-Katana. Gonna have a
2: little sack of Yoda's gold on him.
1: Yeah, I Yoda's
0: mean, gold. How to get some Yoda's gold? Well, the
1: thing is, Duku is Yoda's Padawan. Hmm? So maybe uh, I know. Uh, oh.
2: Maybe maybe uh, we have a true crime podcast. Maybe we'll have to <laughs> turn into a true crime podcast.
1: <laughs> maybe um, season
2: four, episode five. The evidence, you know, piles up. Yoda had been Yoda had been taking money out of his space Swiss bank account for three weeks.
1: Hmm. Um. Try
2: Duku and. Yaddle's fight. Yeah,
1: um, but to, as this is this might be like weird for me to say, like, because I love Ahsoka. She's my favorite Star Wars character. Um, I'm I'm actually like not quite as excited for her stories because we've had so much Ahsoka. Like, I kind of wish it was just about any other Jedi. But at the same time, I'm yeah, still But excited. they're trying to
2: build up the show coming too. Exactly. They're starting yeah. to leak Ezra info and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I wrote about that
2: this past weekend actually. I saw that. And yeah. it's uncanny how much that kid looks like Ezra. Well kid is like an adult, but
1: I don't it's know. Uncanny.
2: He's got he looks a little like he looks a little like Poe Dameron too, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
2: got uh I'm, the, the actor's name is escaping me. Uh
1: the first name is Iman. Um Iman. Um no, Iman I mean
2: Esfandi. Oh Ezra Isaac. Actor. Oscar yes, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. He's he's got a little bit Oscar Isaac in him too, you know, just in the way his face is shaped, and like, but but I mean, he looks like Ezra would look grown up. It's 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 uncanny, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, but I but I I don't want to say that I'm not excited for Ahsoka. Like I'm the one I'm most excited about is her duel with the Inquisitor because I if if if. If reason if reports from celebration hold true, that sounds like it's a scene straight from the Ahsoka novel. Um and I yeah, but um I'm excited for all the Dooku stuff. I like I like that Qui-Gon looks kind of like a scraggly dirty kid because that's He
2: looks like a doof, yeah.
1: And I love that though, because I'm like, yeah, Qui-Gon, you've always been a hobo. <laughs> like Count Dooku's in, like, these robes and, like, these, like, jewels and, like, looks fancy and, like, Qui-Gon just kind of looks like a dirty little kid. And I wonder, like, well, yeah. I wonder
2: if they go and, like, get some high school, like, you know, yearbook pictures of Liam Neeson or something. To...
1: Liam Neeson's son is voicing young Qui-Gon.
2: Oh, geez.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I do remember that report from Celebration. So, um... May but... the force
2: be with you! <laughs>
1: but uh yeah, mace wood news back in it too man oh man i am i'm really excited for the duke oh stories. samuel
2: jackson has been has been primed is is it, it going to be samuel L. jackson i wonder
1: i i don't know for sure but to me it sounded like his clone wars voice actor
2: okay because I, I well that means it's... just call Sa- well samuel L. jackson's expensive even though samuel L. jackson is like Hey, you know, anytime I'm willing to do. Maybe you know, hey, maybe he survived that fall. You know how Jedi are. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but it, I'm at the same time he's probably not going to be like, I'll work for scale.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it. It sounded. I had to look up his actor's name because I misremembered who voiced him. Um, it. It sounded like uh 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 uh, uh, Ter- uh Terrence Carson. Than it did Samuel L. Jackson, but there's it's only going off like one line, so it's kind of hard to tell. Right. Um, yeah. but I would assume it's his clone I, wars I actor mean, he got because it pretty close. I, I yeah. would assume it's his clone wars actor because they got both Matt Lanter and Ashley Eckstein to voice Anakin and Ahsoka and D. Bradley Baker as Rex. They didn't use Rosario or Hayden or uh or uh,
2: um, That. That that's be- yeah that makes that makes more sense even though you know it keeps it internally consistent.
1: So, um, but yeah, I I'm excited for the Dooku stories, and it sounds and it's gonna be like visions because they're all like the, uh, from what I heard from Celebration, the Baby Ahsoka episode is only fifteen minutes long, um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they're dropping them all in one day. So, I maybe when we cover it for Jedi's, we do all the Dooku episodes and then all the Ahsoka episodes and do it like as one episode? Or like, yeah. like one episode for Dooku and one episode for Ahsoka? Yeah. Well
2: well we, we we'll figure we, it out. Uh, since we're since we're getting them on a second viewing, we can we'll have we'll have an idea of what it's like and how we would w- wanna do it. But like yeah. Yeah, I'm open to anything.
1: So but what did you think about the Mando season three trailer?
2: It looked nice. Um I I don't get t- like it it just it, it looked it looked really nice. <laughs> um I didn't see anything that was like a a huge shocker to me. I I like that he's got a droid on the on and and, and that's a, that's one th- cuz remember they put that bubble where Grogu where the the droid usually sits. Mm -hmm. for you know grogu's bubble and i was just like thinking to myself well don't you need it like isn't that one of those there's ships that you like need a droid in them you know to do a lot of to do the tasks or whatever i don't know maybe the droid's optional but they got it's it's you know i still think it's cheesy that that might still be the the droid from episode four or whatever i I think it is
1: yeah, 'cause yeah. Um, uh, so- oh, yeah
2: for sure pely's gonna be like oh you need a droid in there uh-huh. you know yeah so th- I wonder if they'll mention it or there'll be some in incident where you know they get in a battle and he comes back all shot up and she's just like you you're never gonna like ever be able to navigate this thing correctly without doing it in tandem with a droid and it'll be some prog more progress for the the because he he'll have a droid that he's you know, is his working buddy now.
1: Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Really, the two biggest things that stood out to me... um, Well, actually, I should say the three things. Um, Because, by the way, everybody, I am going to refer to the trailer a few times in my notes. (laughs) One was just all the Bo-Katan stuff, because that's really interesting. Uh, Because, based off the episode we're talking about today... Um, it's going to, there's a lot of things going on. Um, but the other two things was we saw a lot of Mandalorians that weren't Bo-Katan or Den. Like, they were just other Mandos, which I find interesting. So I'm excited about that for Den's journey to see, to have, to see him around other Mandos and to continue that progress of, like, stripping away, like, what his cult was. Speaking of his cult, actually, sorry, Tangent. Because I, I thought one line was interesting because Bo-Katan's, I'm paraphrasing, says something along the lines of your cult like abandoned our people. But what's interesting to me is his cult was the beginning of his cult was Death Watch, a group she was part of. So I love that like drama there, because like it's also her history. His history is her history as well. Right. Um, but the shot that really stood out to me is the burned out Dome City. Um, and cause that's the capital of Mandalore that we saw in Clone Wars and in Rebels and stuff. And that shot, I was like, oh my God, we are going back to Mandalore and it looks awesome.
2: See, I, I just, I just took that. I I mean, we're going into the, there's, there's gonna, he's going to be like, he's going to be like, you know, telling Grogu, like, I may not come back from the underground river or whatever, but he's going, he's, he's going to go do the hero's journey in Mandalore Maybe, it, like, this would be really cool. He, instead of, like, actually, like, going in the water of Mandalore to, you know, meet the, you know, whatever. It turns out to all just be, like, bullshit. <laughs> and that might be his final straw of, like, what the hell? <laughs> I just did the hero's journey and it, and it was just, it's just garbage.
1: Yeah but i i love that shot of coming over the like burned out capital city yeah um so it's it looks well, really nice
2: i didn't think about it for a second but then i'm like oh yeah we haven't seen this stuff in in live action you know
1: yeah the so closest gonna... we got was in book of boba fett when the armor was having the flashback showing the city right. being attacked yeah but that's the closest we've gotten
2: yeah, no, not, but not like, yeah, not this where we're going to uh, apparently be there and things are, you know, so that'll be cool.
1: Mm-hmm. But other than that, no, I thought, uh, I thought it was a good trailer. Um, From what I've seen floating around, it's what they sh- mostly showed at Celebration. Apparently there's a few shots that were in this Celebration stuff that wasn't in this trailer from what I hear. But, I, I mean, think, honestly, I, I thought it was enough. And Pelly, Peli, my girl Pelly's in it. And that's all that matters.
2: Oh, yeah, no, she's she's going to be ongoing. She's an ongoing character from, from now on, for sure. I but, like, I don't know. I think after... I'm more excited for episode... Or for episode season three, because... Uh, from watching the the second season again. Because I think in my mind... I like thought the second and the second season is a little bit more, like, um, like you said, guest stars and like some TV aspects of it, you know, TV show aspects instead of the cinematic aspects. But season one had that too, all that too. So it's it's still very much like season one. You know, it's got a few story building episodes that are as like much of a coherent like you know this episode is its own little mini thing in miniature that adds up to the larger story there's some that are like don't feel as much like that you know they're they're more you know building you know finishing off something from the last art part of the story and setting up something to come in the next few episodes but pretty much it's it's uh it's very much like season one in form you know mm-hmm. and uh i thought that form had broken down a lot more in this season but i was wrong i rem- i misremembered
1: mm-hmm. so yeah hype hype hype, yeah. hype so well are you ready to talk about the rescue
2: i i i am
1: what what were your thoughts on this episode?
2: I liked it a lot better the second time and I, I liked it a lot the first time, but it was more like in the first time the last part of it broke my brain by just like, like, you know, it, it, say you're at a party and you're having fun at the party and then all of a sudden somebody like feeds you like pure heroin into your vein and you go. Bah! which part of the party do you remember? You know, I remember that party where I got my pure star Wars fix of like, is this really happening? You know, type of thing. And like, okay, this is happening. Is this going to be, is, is this going to be a train crash or is it going to, is it going to fly? And it, and it flew for me the first time. Uh, uh, More than it did the second, the second time I'm like, all right, let's check out Luke Skywalker's head. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, like, but otherwise, this is a slam banger of an episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, um, because we were chatting before we started recording, and you said something very specific that, um, I absolutely agree with. I liked it a lot more the second time as well, but as you said, I also liked it differently than because I, I, I remember the first time I watched this, I wasn't a fan of this episode. I actually, and and I'll get more into this later. Like, I, I didn't have the best response to Luke coming back. But I feel differently about it this time. Like, I I think it works, especially in the context of Book of Boba Fett. Um, especially, like, with a lot of the casting news. Because I was very much in the camp that Ezra should have been the one to show up. I was in that camp. That was my camp. Um, and so some of it was the disappointment it was Luke, not Ezra. And But at the same time, I've come to a lot better terms with it. And I actually liked it a lot more because of different reasons. And... Yeah,
2: I agree. I, 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 now I would have agreed with you then about Ezra, but now I think Luke. Luke is almost like it's almost like an eventuality. It almost mm-hmm. has to be because of where they are, and just because of where they are in the storyline and who Luke Skywalker is and what should be going on about this time. It's it's almost like it's uh, it, it just it makes too much sense, you know. It's not. It, it seems opportunistic. Whenever they pull out a legacy character, and and they're pulling out the biggest of all legacy characters, but when you think about it, the second time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, you know,
1: it I makes mean, sense, yeah. Luke.
2: Yeah, and Luke would be casting out. He would be casting out, looking, and you know, and it makes sense, and it and it would and it would it would draw Ahsoka in, you know, and it, it's yeah. like, okay, this all this all like story wise makes a lot of sense to where instead of the writers being like, how can we get Luke Skywalker in there would be like, how can we not? uh, Now that I think about it, it's like, how could you not, you know?
1: And also Uh, from just a general audience perspective, they would have to explain who Ezra Bridger is. (laughs) People know who Luke Skywalker is. So it just works in the story. There's no
2: room for that in this episode.
1: Mm -hmm. So it works on a lot of different levels, but yeah, Yep. All right. Take a sip of my drink. Mm. You ready?
2: Uh. I'm ready.
1: Uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, that's <laughs> also got me twice. Ooh. All right. Chapter 16, The Rescue, is the 16th episode of The Mandalorian. It aired on December 18th, 2020. It was written by Jon Favreau and directed by Peyton Reed. Some extra information for you. Luke Skywalker is played by two people in this episode. One, of course, is Mark Hamill, who reprised his role. The other is Max Lloyd-Jones, who is Mark's body double on set. Max Lloyd-Jones' other works include Switched at Birth, and he will be back in Book of Boba Fett playing another character. The pilot, who holds Dr. Pershing hostage at the beginning and taunts Cara Dune, is played by Thomas E. Sullivan, his other works include The Irishman and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Matthew Wood reprised his role as Bib Fortuna. And finally, to bring Luke Skywalker to life in this episode, several kinds of technology was used. Screen Rant, uh, Screen Rant summed it all up in this nice piece because there's also a really long documentary on Disney+. Plus that's like 42 minutes long, and so I just went to Screen Rant who kind of summarized everything. Here we go! The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett's visual effects team imp- implemented several techniques including deep fake technology over scenes that were physically played out by Mark Hamill himself and Max Lloyd Jones. They focused on deep fake where the machine where the machine learning analyzed uh analyzed an enormous amount of images coming from the original Star Wars trilogy and interviews of Mark Hamill, pulling from vast existing footage of Luke Skywalker that corresponds with his post return the Jedi age which the AI superimposed over corresponding expressions by the scene's physical performers. When the images of the deepfake AI are matched on top of the performer's face, it becomes so realistically mirrored that there is an illusion of there actually being a young Luke Skywalker. They also used de-aging technology for Mark Hamill. Both actors alternated performing every scene where they would try and go back and match each other's mannerisms. In this way, Lloyd-Jones learned to physically become a young version of Mark Hamill rather than Luke Skywalker, where Hamill's face would then be imposed on top of his younger physique. Mark would then be put in what's called the Egg, a lighting rig that recreates his facial expressions with alternate lighting and high-resolution textures. Doing so allows more freedom and options in editing for... For in the editing process for the deep fake to pull from alternate angles, positions, and timing to better align with lloyd Jones's Luke Skywalker's performance. Also, I just want to throw out as an opinion from Hope, I think Max Lloyd-Jones looks so much like a young Mark Hamill. I wish they could have just cast him as such. But you guys know I'm in the, the boat of recasting in general, but that's just me. Oh, hi, Yoda.
0: Mm. Deep fake Yoda, try that. Mm.
1: (laughs) We have, it's called a puppet.
0: Uh, (laughs) deep fake puppet.
1: Yoda, um, I'm not going to to um startle you. But there was some Yaddle news over the weekend. Ah. So it Ah. sounds like she's getting her own little special.
0: First, Grogu gets paid, Yattle gets paid, when does Yoda get paid?
1: You've been paid since day one.
0: Yoda wants more- where's Yoda's movie?
1: Have they cut off your residuals?
0: Yoda the motion picture. Meh. Yoda does not want to talk about Yoda's contract. Yoda actually cannot talk about his contract.
1: Ah, yes, those Disney NDAs. I have been actually researching a lot about that lately. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll change I'll change the subject. Um, I have a question for you, Yoda.
0: A question for Yoda?
1: Yeah, because um, I got to wondering, because in this episode, Din Djarin gets the Darksaber, and he's apparently the ruler of Mandalore. What would you do if you were the ruler of a planet?
0: Yoda is the ruler of his planet right now.
1: You're the ruler of Dagobah?
0: Mmm. Yes.
1: Oh my God! Are you the the main the main predator of y- Dagobah?
0: Yes, Yoda is alpha predator of Dagobah. of of Dagoba. <gasps> had a, had election. Had election. All votes for Yoda.
1: So you won a landslide.
0: In a mudslide.
1: So I should say I'm absolutely imagining you just pulling down a mudslide on top of a bunch of people just be like have,
0: yes lucky they only had mudslide not landslide that was why yoda got elected
1: oh. so so that what kind of that yoda's
0: campaign slogan mudslide not landslide
1: so what what was the first thing you did in office
0: had dinner bring yoda dinner as mm. king <laughs> Then then next royal decree was bring Yoda breakfast. Uh-huh. Did, and lunch.
1: Did you did you implement any policies to help your constituents?
0: In in swamp? <laughs> yeah. That's the, no. No laws in Swamp. Just the law of the Swamp.
1: Oh, so you didn't try to like
0: Easy job. Yes, no infrastructure. Just Yoda. King Yoda. Bring King Yoda food.
1: Or King Yoda will eat them?
0: No, or or worse, or landslide. Mmm. Many landslides. There's many things, many things Yoda could do. That's, that was my re-election, um slogan many nice nice planet you got here many things Yoda could do
1: yoda i just thought of your next re-election campaign slogan
0: oh oh yoda passed one law yoda never has to has to run again hold on though but, 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 but yoda always needs slogans
1: but can i share this one with you
0: yes please
1: if you don't vote for yoda you will drain the swamp Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's good, isn't it? Don't drain the swamp. Yes.
1: You will drain the swamp if people don't vote for you. Yes. <laughs> Let's say-
0: Build the swamp.
1: Build the swamp. <laughs> Alright, well, your Royal Highness King Yoda, I know you're very busy. Um, I'm uh, going to uh, let sure. you- Sure,
0: yes, must have lunch.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna let you Free guys go, lunch. go mm-hmm. on your way and enjoy.
0: Good to be king. It is.
1: <laughs> he seems like he's doing better.
2: Yeah, he's like the guy. He's like the guy in, who lived in New York City, uh, I think, in the like eight, 1800s, who just like de- declared himself emperor of America.
1: I mean, people you have do it. people have micronations.
2: Sure, There's like yeah. somebody out Yoda west. Yoda has a lot of micro things, I heard.
1: There's like somebody who lives out west and like their plot their plot of land in a house is a micro na- nation, apparently. And they're like, yeah, I'm my own little tiny country.
2: Man's home his castle.
1: I mean, Sealand is a thing, and you can be a duke or duchess of Sealand. So, guys, look at micronations. Na- it's very fascinating. Anyway, act one.
2: I'm ready for it.
1: Me too, man. This was a good episode. Let's get into it. Act one. So, a quick little recap of the last few episodes. Um, Den met Boba Fett and Finnick Shan and their dating. And he also had to pick up Cara Dune. And he also met Bo-Katan. And during all of this, so Tano was like, your kid's a Jedi. Put him on the Jedi stone. And he was like, cool. But while Grogu was on the Jedi stone, the Empire came and Moff Gideon, took his kid and now den is like i need to get my baby back and he went around to everybody including mayfeld and he was like all right guys we need to save our kid except for you mayfeld even though you had the best episode of the show so far and bill Burr was like thanks for the paycheck and he left and now they're all off to save goku on to this week we open with The fire spray shooting at an Imperial shuttle and it's all like we're after you shuttle and all the Imperials inside are just like why are these people chasing us and they're chasing them because it has Dr. Pershing on it I just realized in hindsight why did they even need Pershing in the first place they knew where Gideon was why did they need Pershing it just dawned on me
2: they needed his little, um, they needed his access little dangly thing.
1: Ah, you're right. Well, they actually didn't know he had it until they were just like, Oh, he has a coat cylinder. This will help. Well,
2: they had, yeah, they had whatever whatever intel and security he had, you know. They, they had whatever info. They wanted whatever info. And they wanted the actually, shuttle. They actually, wanted the shuttle for part of their plan.
1: They did want the shuttle, but I actually just realized this. Pershing works for Gideon. So I think uh, they might have been transporting him because Gideon, Pershing was aware of the dark. Okay, so I, there we go. I answered my question. We have a very important reason because they're after Dr. Pershing. And Boba Fett is all just like, pew, I'm going to stun your ship. And the Imperials are like, fuck. And Pershing's like, so we fight them, right? And the Imperials are like, no, we're, we give in. It'll be great. And Pershing's like, we're going to die. Awesome. And Din and Kara kick in the door, and they're like, what's up, fuckers? Where's my child? And, and Pershing's like, um, that I'm being held hostage. And they're like, really? And the pilot stands up. He's like, yes, we are holding him hostage. And then he kills the other pilot when they start talking about Grogu. And the pilot's all like, haha, I got Dr. Pershing, and because... I'm dumb. I'm gonna do the stupidest thing in the room. I'm gonna monologue. You ready? Hey, Cara Dune, your planet sucked. I watched it explode, and I was on the Death Star. And you know what? You rebel trash killed millions of us. And she's like, yeah, this is a bad conversation. And the words of Hope's brother, you can't fix stupid. Because Kara is just like, yeah, I'm done with this. And shoots him dead, grazing Dr. Pershing. And they free him, kind of. They take him prisoner. But they also need the shuttle for the plan. Anyway, our, our heroes then mosey across the galaxy. Because they need to find Bo-Katan and Casca Reeves in a diner. And so... <laughs> it's so boba and den kick in the door and they're like what's up bo katan and she's like oh it's you guys great and den's like please i need your help they took my baby and bo katan's like uh no i got better things to do and boba fett is all like look at this little tiny princess we don't need her let's go and Costca is like who would you call a princess clone? And then Casca and Boba start fighting it out. And himbo dad and Ruler Mom are just like, Children, calm down, please. We're having an adult conversation. And Din's like, Bo, I know where Gideon is. And in Bo-Katan's point of view, that means that he knows where the Darksaber is. But they have to fight some more. Because Bo-Katan's like, Boba Fett... You suck! You're not a real Mandalorian! And he's like, I didn't fucking ever say I was! Why is everyone saying this to me? I never claimed to be princess! Also, fuck you! And Bo-Katan's like, fuck you too, cause clones suck! And he's like, ah. And they fight some more. And Din's like, I just wanna find my child! Please kill each other later, okay? And Bo-Katan's like, fine! I will help you under one condition. I get the Darksaber. And Den's like, cool, I don't know what that is. Let's go. (laughs) That's essentially it. So they all band together, and everyone's on a ship. And Dr. Pershing is like, what is my life? And they're all coming up with a plan. And they're looking at the schematics of Gideon's ship, and they're making the plan. And they're like, it's gonna be great. There's, like, nobody on the ship. And Pershing's like, uh, yeah, there is. What you guys don't know are there's these things called dark troopers. And they're really badass robots. And they will kill you. And everyone's like, oh shit, that sucks. Okay, how do we beat them? And he's like, I don't know. Here's my code cylinder. And they're like, cool. So they decide to split up into two groups. Everyone is everybody else is going to be going to cause chaos on the ship while Din is going to be sneaking out for very important plot reasons involving a darksaber to go rescue Grogu on his own. Also, Din is like I'll deal with the dark troopers and they're all like, cool. It's time to start with the battle. What'd you think of Act 1? I don't remember I any of my notes. I love how it starts out.
2: I love how it just starts out in the middle of a chase. I love when they do that. Um, I love hearing the, the, I I love the sound of the ships. It's just, it just comes into a visceral punch and it's just like, you see the two ships, you see a shot of the people on one ship, the people on the other ship, you know what's happening. You know, it's just, it's great. And it's just like the, 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 all the visuals in here were just like pure you know star wars the the, the fet ship rising up in front of the the front of the the imperial shuttle from the inside of the imperial shuttle with the chugging engines is just beautiful although there's no noise in space whatever um he's just you you, you can see like boba Fett's like i got my ship got my armor and i'm in space kicking ass and it's
1: Fett got his groove back
2: he is loving it and uh my uh my only other t- notes were uh um it was weird seeing two ships in hyperspace i don't know if we've ever seen that before I wonder if they were just sort of like locked together and went into hyperspace together or something so that they were in the same groove or whatever. But I don't think hyperspace is like a tunnel that you actually like just pull in. That They do that in like the new Star Trek too, where hyperspace is just sort of like this tunnel that you get into. But I don't think everybody's in the same tunnel. You know what I mean? That, that was a little weird visual, but maybe they'd like just like... Locked the ships together and then went into hyperspace together or something. And then the the guy was like, "I was on the Death Star." It's like, "How, dude? How are you alive? You're you're just lo- you're just making stuff up."
1: I mean, Which he I- might have left like five minutes before they did that in Rogue One, where the two Cantina guys left before Jeda blew up.
2: <laughs> yeah, but this was yeah, but this wasn't like okay, I'm taking my shore leave now. They just stalked to they just gone to Alderaan, blown it up, and were on their way to the rebel base to blow it up, you know? So, yeah, I think he was just making it up to try to get her go. And it's it's funny, we're also getting a little, like, trope going of, like, whenever there's two of these new pre, you know, somewhere in between, you know, First Order Imperial guys... There's always one who's a, a true blue psycho, you know, adherent and the other one who's just like a conscript who gets like, <laughs> like
1: once,
0: I just they work here.
2: A, once they reach a once they reach yeah, once they reach a certain point, like you could tell they'd had orders that you know from their secret training of like, all right, time to get rid of the the, the schlub and just like, you know, keep keep you know, just it's it's time for just the the pure like psycho psycho time
1: so that's the second time that's happened i had that thought too only one thing stood out about to me about this as well because and when i originally wrote the recap of it i was like oh the guy was shot when they started talking about grogu so i'm like this guy must know about grogu but then when i was watching the scene um he talked He only talked about Dr. Pershing, and he was like, Pershing is a top-tier target for the New Republic, and if you kill him, they're going to be really mad at you. So I'm just like, does this guy actually know about Grogu, or is he just using Pershing to bargain for his own life?
2: He's just a good bullshitter, a sort of decent bullshitter, you know? It's sort of of like he's sort of doing some sub- Like not as good as Han Solo (laughs) maneuvers, you know, of like, all right, the shit's hit the fan. I'm captured. I'm going to use all my most desperate ploys, you know, and still still try to have some bluster and, you know, muster up some bravado. But uh, Mm -hmm. uh-huh. these guys, not with these guys, that's all I got for act one.
1: I'm going to start with my very, very important first note. You ready?
0: hmm
1: When the Slave one lands on the planet where they meet Bo-Katan and Casca, and it lands, and it has that shot of, like, the refinery behind it and stuff like that, it looks like a tiny penis.
2: A micro-penis?
1: Yeah, like, the big round part is the balls, and the pointy part is the penis. It looks like a tiny penis. When it lands. Like it's just kind Even of. like
2: a giant ship. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It looks like a penis. This is my very wow. important note. For this. For this wow. act. Anyway. To <laughs> more might, important
2: Might stuff. be a comment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. So I actually want to talk about. Uh, Dr. Pershing for a second. Um, because he. He is also in the season three trailer. And. <clears throat> and so that makes me really. A. Really. Really excited that he's still gonna be in the show um and we we've been kind of off and on talking about his importance connected to Bad Batch and the first season and where he is now and stuff like that and I cannot remember for the life of me if I talked about this before so I'm just gonna talk about it again now I get the feeling that Dr. Pershing is like Jen's father from Rogue One Galen Erso in a lot of ways where Galen loved science and the only job he could get was for the Empire and then he got in way over his head because they were like oh those sparkly rocks you like yeah turn it into a super laser and he was like what and they were like yeah or we'll kill your family and he was like okay and I kind of get that feeling from Dr. Pershing because in the whatever the third episode when Din rescues him Grogu being him Like, he shows compassion for Grogu, because when Den kicks in the door, Pershing throws himself in front of Grogu and says, please don't hurt the child. Um, And then he, he, here in this episode, he's warning them that there are dark troopers on Gideon's light cruiser. If he really didn't want to help these guys, he could have just kept his damn mouth shut and let them walk into a trap. But... No, he's warning them that they're like, "Hey, good guys, there's dark troopers on there, and they will fuck you up. Why? Because I don't think he's a fully bad guy and I think that we're gonna start seeing him shift more into an maybe an ally position. That's my what tinfoil hat theory is that Pershing's gonna be an ally in season three.
0: i
2: I well, I think I have I, I I will hear I will see your tinfoil. Theory and I will tinfoil on top of it. Yeah, I, I I think it's about a hundred percent that that's going to happen. But there's also a per, a percentage of a chance that Pershing could be super evil and c- could be play could be playing it to be a sympathetic character. And then turn out to be like, you know, I directly serve the master or something like that. It oh, could, that
1: would be wild.
2: It could go that I think it could go that way. But I think they're definitely going to like. um, Yeah, I'm, da, da, I mean, they've they've spent too much time building up Dr. Pershing to not, you know, to not have it go someplace and it, and. I, I really, I mean, I'm gunning for that because that's going into all the really interesting stuff with, with Palpy's, uh, Palpy's uh, little experiments and his tubes.
1: I, I was about to say his tinfoil hat band, and then I was like, that doesn't make sense. I'm just gonna eat my cheese. It.
2: No, you could you could make a hat band out of tinfoil for just milder theories.
1: Uh, the only other note that I have, um, and it's not really a note per se about the episode, it just made me kind of think about this a lot. And that's around the conversation with like Boba and Bo-Katan and Casca and kind of how like what Mandos think of clones. And I think that's really interesting to me because Django a few episodes back was established that he's a foundling and foundlings are really important to Mandalorians right and so but like it's there's always been this kind of back and forth about like was Jango a foundling and is he a Mando and stuff like that and one thing I think is really interesting is Boba not claiming to be a Mandalorian despite him citing his father as a foundling to get his armor back from Den and then you have under other Mandos like Sabine Sabine Never had a problem with Rex or Wolf or Gregor in Rebels. bo is interesting to me, though. She has a very complicated relationship with clones. And to her, clones are the Republic. And the Republic wanted Mandalore to be their ally. And the Republic wanted to move in and occupy them. And her, in Death Watch, did not want that. But then when Mandalore fell to Maul, Bo-Katan had no one else to turn to but Ahsoka and the clones and the Republic. And I think there's a line in Clone Wars Season 7 where Ahsoka's like, Mandalore will be occupied by the Republic. And Bo-Katan was like, I can live with that. I just want to get rid of Maul. And so when the Republic fell... It became the Empire, which in turn terrorized her people. And it was because of her bringing the Republic there. So I understand. Like, I I just think all this is really interesting. uh, And I would actually like more about this, about, like, what Mandos as a whole think of clones. Because Django supposedly is one of them. But then you have this entire army of people. Who are supposed does that make them foundlings? Cause they are all under Django. Does it not? Costca and Bo Katan doesn't seem to care about them. Sabine had no problem with them. Den has no problem with them. So I, I just say I just think this whole conglomerate of thoughts is really interesting and something I would like to them to explore more going forward, just because I think it's a really interesting thought. I don't really have a point. I just think it just made me think about stuff.
2: Thoughts? <laughs> I, well, I think as it moves forward, like their point is going to be, it doesn't matter. You know, there's the rules of, you know, the the yeah. It just seems to be moving away from you know fundamentalist Mandalorianism. <laughs>
1: also a really good point too because there's also the idea of it really doesn't matter because hey in this time period most of the clones are dead because they double right. age quickly but also they represent this thing that's dead too so like everything that happened in the clone wars didn't matter because it was all Palpatine's plan it was a staged war Um, and everything the clones stand for that's Rex's entire journey is everything I stood for is a sham and now I gotta figure out a new path. Like that that's Rex's journey. See I kinda like that thought of, yeah, it kinda didn't matter. <laughs> You're right. But I don't know. That that conversation just made me kind of like muse about a lot of random things and I word vomit it into a Google Doc. Anyway, Act Two.
0: I'm
2: ready for it.
1: Alright. Act two. Ugh, excuse me, tiny bird. It is time to start the title of the episode, The Rescue. The Imperial shuttle is flying along in hyperspace with Boba Fett behind them in the fire spray. And as they're flying along in the shuttle, Bo-Katan's like, All right, everybody, just FYI, Gideon is mine for no particular reason that has to deal with ruling Mandalore or anything. And Kara's like, uh, you can't kill Gideon. He knows, like, a lot of shit, and we need to keep him alive. And Bogotan is like, Ugh, oh, fine. Just no one defeat him in combat. This is very important, Den. Den, you have one job. Don't defeat Gideon in combat. You are not allowed. Neither are you, Casca. And Casca's like, I don't- I." I work in wrestling. <laughs> I'm just gonna go back to my other gig when this episode's done. And she's like, good, Den. And Den's like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I just want my son. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> and Bogtan's like, good, let's go. So they all come out of hyperspace and some pew 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 and starting. Because Boba Fett is selling it to make it look like he's attacking the shuttle. And... Bo puts on an, an act for the ages where she calls into Gideon's ship and she's like, Oh God, everything is awful. We're being attacked. No time to explain. You have to let us land now. And the super duper hot comms officer, who is totally my type and I have a big, big crush on, she's just like, Don't worry, ship. I'm sending out the ties. And Bo Katan's like, no, you can't. Oh god, it is still awful. I must emergency land now. And two ties get out, and Bo-Katan rams her ship into the launch tube so nothing else can come out. And Bob is like, have fun everybody. Finnick be safe I love you and Finnick's like oh boo I love you too I'll see you later I'm gonna go kill a lot of people and he's like have a good time and Boba Fett jumps off to hyperspace so they all land and they open the imperial shuttle and (laughs) my favorite part is the stormtroopers like walk over and they're like why did you park here what the hell dude you can't park here and then they all die (laughs) because of course they do because they open the door and the lady squad moves out and it's Kara, Fennec, Bogotan, and Casca. And they are moving out, and they are pew, pew, pewing everybody. And up on the bridge, there's Moff Gideon. And Moff Gideon's like, ha, we're in danger! Activate the Dark Troopers! And the Dark Troopers start booting up to some, like, really awesome music. It's just like, burn-chicka-burn, Bunch burn. It's like that music that they use in, like, a lot of, I don't know, like, genres shit. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and so, after the ladies have moved out, and they killed everybody, and they did all the work, then just scampers out there, making sure no one's there, and he scampers off with his little Beskar spear to look for his child. And then it's, like, three minutes of pew-pew-pews. Like, the ladies are, like, pew-pew-pewing in the hallways. They're pew-pew-pewing on bridges? And I don't understand this bridge, because it's over just a gap in space. I don't get it, it doesn't matter, but they also pew-pew on jetpacks, and they pew-pew-pew in the hangar, and not the hangar bay, they pew-pew-pew in the cargo bay, and Finnick gets to show what a cool kick-ass assassin she is, and it's a lot of fun, but it's like three minutes of kicking ass during all this. The dark troopers have completely booted up, and they're ready to go, and they're walking towards the door, and Din shows up, and he's just like, Oh shit, they're here! And Din runs over, and he smacks the button, and the door closes, except for one. One Dark Trooper gets out, and Din's like, Oh no, hi Dark Trooper. And the Dark Trooper's like, Hi, I'm gonna beat you up now! And he beats the shit out of our himbo. Like, for real, if Din did not have his Beskar, he'd be dead. Definitely has a concussion, at least. And all the other Dark Troopers are like, We wanna play too! And they start punching out the door and trying to get out. And there's more, like, really awesome music, so that's fun. And Den tries all of his tricks from, like, the flamethrower, which I can hear Charles yelling about, and we'll have more about that in the feedback. Um, He tries his little whistling birds. Nothing works. And this dark trooper is like, I'm going to throw you across the floor five times. And Den finally beats the dark trooper. Because he picks up his best scar steel spear steel, best scar spear, and stabs it through the head, and then like I did it, shit, and he runs over and he pulls a lever and he blows all the rest of the dark troopers into space, and the day is saved from dark super... supers, dark supers, dark troopers, or so we think. Come back to that in Act Three. Anyway, so the ladies get to the bridge. And they kill everybody, and they've had a really fun time and a bonding experience doing it as well. And they get to the bridge, and, like, bo looking over all the dead bodies, and she's like, Where the fuck is Moth Gideon? And that's because Moth Gideon is not there, because when Din Djarin kicks open the doors, there is- there is- oh, by the way, I should mention- Din's not playing around either, because he just starts murdering people with his spear. And it's pretty fucking brutal. (laughs) But he kicks open the door, and there's Gideon with the darksaber over Grogu. And Din's like, you better hope that that doesn't go into my child, or you're dead. And Gideon's like, oh, I know everything. I'm gonna monologue. And Din's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, please don't monologue. And Gideon's like, so let me tell you the history of Bo-Katan. She's probably here, isn't she? And I know she wants the Darksaber. Do you know all about this dark saber, Din Jarin? And Din's like, no, I've never watched a Star War. Can I have my kid? And he's like, no, because if you get this shiny blade, you rule over Mandalore. Do you know what it's like to rule over uh, uh, over Mandalore? I'm one Esposito. You know, I'm gonna chew the fuck out of this scene. And Den's like, oh my god, just I just want my kid. Can are you done? Like, I'll let you go, dude. Just give me your kid, and you can go do whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. Give me my son. And Gideon's like, okay, fine. I already got everything I wanted. I wanted Grogu's blood. And it's mine now. And Den's like, whatever. However you get your kicks, man. Give him a kid. And Gideon's like, he's a very gifted child. And Den's like, I know he is. He is my best boy. I love him. And so Gideon's like, yeah, sure. Take your kid. And Den goes over. And in a not-so-surprising turn of events, Gideon... Of course turns on Dan and they start to fight and long story short it's a really awesome battle and it's really cool and Dan kicks ass and he wins the battle by disarming Gideon and does not kill him and our himbo picks up the dark saber and it's just like huh I hope I don't n- rule Mandalore now, do I? And Gideon's like, Oh, this is gonna be fun. Let's go to Act 3. What'd you think of Act 2?
2: Activate the techno rave, troopers.
1: Yay, thank you! It did sound like a rave. I, like, it was on the tip of my tongue.
2: Yeah, it was it's, It was total... Burr. They were about to have a dark trooper rave. <laughs> well, it's funny you're talking the, the the woman... Shoot, shooting everybody Fennec, I, I believe it was Fennec actually dodges a laser bolt, a blast. Yeah! bolt
1: yeah, just like leans out of the way I love that
2: you, yeah, but the funny thing is, is you would never see, like that's <clears throat> if that was possible, that's not what it would look like, it would have to look like a superhero, you know, it would have to be just like this blur seeing as how you're dealing with well sort of the speed of light Anyway, whatever it looked cool. <laughs> um, lots and lots of sound-wise Trooper Crunch. I'm gonna call it
3: just the sound
2: <laughs> of Trooper armor getting just destroyed because there's like cl- like not only are they shooting them, but they're taking every opportunity to crush their heads with guns and every you know just like- smash them, smash them in the face and stuff.
1: Like for real, Den strangling the trooper and breaking his neck with the spear. Holy shit! I forgot yeah. that was in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know, Den's Den's message to Moff Gideon, sort of spitting Moff Gideon's message back in his face, was cool. It was metal, but maybe you shouldn't have t- basically told him you were coming. Maybe then you're because right? as soon as he's as soon as you know, we're under and and like when they were like you know, don't, you know wait till we get some, uh, tie fighters out here they're like she just kept saying we're but we're under attack we're under attack we're covered in, we're under attack and just kept saying it over and over again, and I was just like ah they would let this imperial die because she's like losing her losing her shit and her training you know I'm like she should have come up with some better lines but it all it, it worked. That whole sequence was just, I loved the, 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 just the way they shot the whole, her going in through the launch tube.
1: But also, I, I have the note, the shot of the Ties leaving, like going from like nothing to a hundred is like such a cool shot. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. that shot.
2: And, and I mean, it's just, it's just full of, of neat stuff. And And, but the neatest thing, this is my last note, but it's uh, another visual note, surprise, surprise. The dark just looks so cool. It looks like old, it, it actually is very Disney looking because it looks like cell animation where they where it, it looks half like computer generated and half like in the old days when they used to just like, fuck it, we'll just paint something right over this, you know. There, there's just something very retro, like sort of Disney fantasy looking to it that I think looks it's it's just fun to watch.
1: I've said it before and I, I'll say it again. I love the sound of the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. Well, it's this is
2: full of sounds. all sorts of cool sounds and every sound associated with Slave One sounds really good. It's got meaty like engines and it's and it's. And just like just like Boba's guns, they have very satisfying sounding blasters. So this episode is just full of just awesome sounds.
1: Like I'm visuals. not a I'm not a sound person. I love the sound of the dark saber. It's one of my uh-huh. favorite sounds in Star uh-huh. Wars. Um, did you have anything else?
2: Uh, that's all I had for part one or part two.
1: So um, my very simplest note in this is I love when Gideon is like giving this like whole history about the dark saber and Din literally answers answers you can rule mandalore for all i care <laughs> like, yeah i just love that that whole dynamic of like gideon's just like let me tell you my 12 point plan and Din's like ah uh, right. do we have to i just it's kind of looks like Grogu and greg is like save me father <laughs> get me out i just love that um anyway Um, My other kind of somewhat short note, I just want to note, um, because I've been talking about the spear the whole time through the second season. Um, And we are about to see another transformation of the spear. But up to this point, it's been no, excuse me. It's been a weapon that Den uses to protect Grogu. And now now he's using it to save Grogu. But again, like I mentioned before in my thesis of the spear a few episodes ago, it is a transformation of Den's love. So now that he's used it to, uh, to save him, next time we see it, we're going to see it transform because it is part of Denton's transforming being. And I just want to note it here. Cause it's here. Uh, uh. So one thing I really like about this episode is they're riding around Book Tan and the dark saber and all of that is really balanced. And it's some really choice words where of how they present it to both new fans, new fans, and longtime fans. Because, for example, they give her multiple scenes where she is like, I have to get Gideon. I have to disarm him. No one else disarm him. He is mine. And from a general audience perspective, are, that makes it aware that this is an important thing but they don't know why from a long time fan it's, perspective it's almost,
2: i think it's almost subliminal for him too because they think she's just obsessed you know she's just white whale. she's the white whale for her, so she's like i want it. you know, i it's, yeah. it's basically someone saying leave gideon for me but that's not you know that doesn't fully explain it you know so, like, you could see why the himbo would be like, yeah, she just wants, you know, <laughs> she yeah. just wants a revenge. But I, you know, I'm saving the kid. So, you know, I got to beat this guy to save the kid. He just attacked me.
1: And if the thing is, if 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 um, what's her name? Bo-Katan had just told him, if you disarm Gideon, you're the ruler of Mandalore. Yeah. It then ruins the third act. Have
2: given Gideon an, a, a chance to attack him.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I really like this writing because. For one, Den kind of represents the general audience of the people who have not watched the shows or read the books or the comments. Um, uh, 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 uh Den, my brain is just like stopping working. Uh, Den is just represents them, so he's in their shoes. But it's written in a way that us, like the longtime fans who have seen yeah. Clone Wars and Rebels, we know exactly why it's important. So then, in turn, we're watching Den going, oh no, he disarmed Kid <laughs> Oh no! <laughs>
2: I was just more, this time I was more going like, oh, good move, doofus. Oh, come on, dummy. <laughs> yeah,
1: so... I just, I really liked that writing. I think they handled both writing really well in this episode. Uh Um, Do you remember in that Avengers movie? It was the last one where like everybody came back from the snap and they beat Thanos and they had that one scene of like, the seven female superheroes banding together. Yes. And they march out in a little line and they're like, "She, does, she's not alone because all the girls are here. Girl power. And it's like Marvel being like, look how progressive we are. We have seven women here in this shot. Yeah, this episode does it way better. Because there's just a moment. There's not even a moment of just like, yeah, girl time. It's Kara and Bo and Casca and Finnick all banding together. No, they're just there to kick ass and do their job. It and doesn't like-
2: give you any time to think about any of that shit. It's just, it's just action going forward and it's propelled forward that like if you're spending any time going like, I don't know, there's too many girls here, you know, that you're, you're sort of missing the point. You know, it's just sort of I'll get that into more of that and act. Three, how it sort of misdirects you that way but yeah it, you know it's it's it, the the marvel one did it like so tr- it, it was almost a parody of itself you know what right. i mean it's almost like they did it on purpose to be like hey a lot of people say that we're you know so we're gonna lean into it and really you know it was uh, like it was almost like a little cringily condescending of just like all right exactly. like. Uh, Cause it's just like it's just like instead of the ladies kicking ass, here they are, all are all together. Look at them all, you know. And it's exactly. just like
1: I, I I think it was Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I remember watching some like documentary of like something about the filming of that scene, and and it might have been Gwyneth Paltrow, but one of the actresses were like, yeah, it's so empowering. It's the strong shot. And I'm like, this is the difference between showing and telling. Yeah, and well, uh, you and are it, telling uh, us in this Marvel movie that this is a strong shot. This episode is just showing it. It's four women going out, taking out a fucking ship. Yeah, no, well, I'll
2: also no, in, like, in, in that one, it, it also there's like if you and I'm getting into like really reading into the implications of it. But it's also saying like, look, in, in a situation like this, all the women are going to go bit like get to a clump in the, in the, you know, there's still a separation of it. Whereas this one, it's just a whole gr- group of, I think they fully established that. I think that whole fight scene in the bar, you know, for like, like story wise and, you know, in the script and just with the character wise was them just establishing that. They all, they all, they all have to know that everybody kicks ass there, so they fight each other in the bar, you know, and and then when they band together, you're you're just they're they're all just working together. It's not like okay, girls, you go do this, you know, uh, and the guys will do this. It's 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 that's not the dynamic of it.
1: Yeah, I like that Boba just fucks right out of there. It's just like, have fun, everybody. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like he just fucks right off. He's having
2: fun flying around in his ship in space. He's just meanwhile, like, yeah, he's. he's meanwhile,
1: just... Doctor Pershing's in the back going, hey, "Someone free me, please." <laughs> he
2: was. He was. He was actually hoping they might have let let a few more Tie Fighters out. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just wanted to mention because it, it just reminded me of that of that scene in the Avengers movie, and I'm just like, oh fucking Christ.
2: Yeah, um, they the, never take a moment to to like you know to line it all up and 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 you know, you know to take the hot dog, put it in the bun, put some mustard on it, and then like shove it in your mouth. You know they don't they don't do that. They just let it. They just let it go.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the only other note I have, and it's kind of like the icing on top of a note that I've also been talking about this whole time, was. I started in the season one finale saying, I wasn't sure if Gideon is just being a crazy Imperial, or is he in on the First Order? Then a few episodes ago, the really hot comms officer, who I really hope we get her name in season three, because she's in the season three trailer, so I hope they can give her name so I can just stop calling her the hot comms officer, (laughs) Um, Katie O'Brien. Um, she, she said something a few episodes ago of like, oh, you'll be rewarded in the new age. And then we get this episode, which is like the confirmation he's part of the First Order. Because he flat out says, I need Grogu's blood because Dr. Pershing is a cloning expert, which yes. means we are working to bring Palpatine back. And yes. as I talked about last week with Operation Cinder, Palpatine's contingency plan... One of the factors was his revival through cloning.
2: Please, so. please, in one of the upcoming seasons, please, like, end season three or four with with Palpatine just being a bubbling vat of goo
0: that's like, excellent. Eh, I,
1: I almost could see so season you're... three ending with, like, like, a picture of Snoke opening his eyes. Like, not Palpatine, but Snoke. I think that would be great.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and no, that's how that they have him in the goo, and then the next thing you know, he's he's coming out in his new Snoke body.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe yeah. even Snoke body will get get its head cleaved open by like the dark or something.
1: I, oh, that's God. why it's
2: all messed up and.
1: I don't know, man. But yeah, like, so th- this was like the final confirmation of just like, yep, I have no more doubts anymore. He is part of the First Order. That's what this is. Um, But that's all I have for Act 2. Are, are you ready to wrap this dark saber up and put, it in, put a little bow on it and give it to Din?
2: Better wrap it up in Beskar.
1: <laughs> Actually, he, it's Din wrapping up the Darksaber and trying to give it to Bo-Katan. She's like, no, nah, yeah. bro. <laughs> anyway. Act three.
2: Act three.
1: So all the ladies are on the bridge around a bunch of dead people. And Din opens the door and he's like, Hi guys, I got my child and here's Gideon. And Din walks in holding the darksaber. And Bo like looks at him and she's just like, What the fuck, dude? You had one goddamn job. And that one job was don't disarm Gideon. And Den's like, what am I supposed to do? He was attacking me. He tried to kill me. Here. Here's your laser sword, lady. And Gideon, I have to say, is having the best time. I love Giancarlo Esposito in this scene because he's just having a big old fucking good time here. Because Gideon's just like, oh, she can't take the Dark Saber, and Den's like, why not? Like here, just take it. And he's and Gideon's like, no, because you have to win it in combat. And Den's like, oh, well, well, Katan just kind of lightly punch me in the head and I'll fall over and then you can have it. There you go. But nope, it doesn't work that way. Because Bogatan refuses it and didn't like why why? But no one's got time for that. Because all the alarms start going off and, and Gideon's having even more of a good time. Because all the dark troopers that Din blew in the space, remember from a few episodes ago, they can fly. <laughs> and they all fly back to the ship and start boarding it. And Den's like, Yeah, I forgot they could fly. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> and they're like, Good job, Den. Good job. And he's like, I did half my job. And now we're dealing with the other half. And as everyone's just like freaking out of the Darksaber. And, oh, not the dark saber, the Dark Troopers, I should say. There is a blaster rifle on the ground, and Gideon just kind of hides it under his cloak, because of course he does. So our heroes seal themselves in the bridge, and the Dark Troopers march up, and it's all intense. It's all tense, and they're all like, we're here, and they're all like, oh, fuck. And the Dark Troopers, for the love of God... They start punching the door. And I'm just like, Do you remember the B one battle droids in Clone Wars? Like our very lovely Roger Roger guys. Yeah, even the B one battle droids could cut through doors. They didn't have to punch the doors. Why do the dark troopers? Not... I think
2: that I think it's a I think it's a what? toy reference to Rock'em Sock'em robots.
1: Ah, oh, I like that.
2: They punch them just—they—they they do it. They punch just like the Rock'em Sock'em robots with their arms, just at ninety-degree angles, just sort of punching like a piston. So that's my—that's my, that's my headcan. I got more—I got more on them when we get I mean, to the notes.
1: I know the answer is to build plot and tension. Like that is actually the answer, but it just makes me laugh because I'm just like our lovable Roger Roger. B1 battle droids could cut through doors, but apparently these guys can't, and it just made me laugh. Anyway, everyone's getting ready, and it's super scary, and, and Gideon's having the best time, because he's like, you're all about to die, except for me. Yeah! <laughs> and they're like, shut up, Gideon! Kick him in the head. Um, and then out of nowhere, a single X-Wing comes out of hyperspace, and it flies around, and Grogu looks up, And he's like, I'm having emotions, I guess, because I'm a puppet. And the dark troopers stop. And they turn. Because in our heroes watch through the little little screens, a cloaked figure get out of the X-Wing and start moving through the hallways. And this person has a lightsaber. And the moment the lightsaber comes out, all the characters are just like, Shit, it's a Jedi! A Jedi is here! And Jen's like, Is that good? I guess? Is that? I've been looking for one, does that mean that's a good thing? And they're like, It's a Jedi! And he's like, Someone answer my question! Because <laughs> this person might be here to take my son! And this mystery person starts tearing through the dark troopers it's like two minutes of fanboy goodness of and fangirl goodness and fan person goodness of dark troopers just falling to to a lightsaber and Gideon's starting to look nervous and Gideon during all this finally is just like nope I'm out and he stands up and he tries to kill bo and Grogu. But you know, bo has Beskar, and Din throws himself in front of his child, so Gideon doesn't actually kill anybody. And Kara disarms Gideon and knocks him out. So Gideon's out. And finally, the- je- <laughs> Hope needs to take a drink for this exchange. Ugh. The Jedi gets to the door. And Den's like, we're gonna let him in. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, that's fine. He's here. He, he's here for me, but not me and my son. And he opens the door. And the Jedi walks in. And he takes off his hood. And everybody else in the room is just like, holy shit, it's Luke Skywalker! Whoa, Luke Skywalker! And Den's like, who is that? And they're like, den he's the main character of star wars and den's like but i i'm the main character of star wars or at least i'm the main character of the show who the fuck is this guy and they're like seriously like no like he's he is the luke skywalker how do you not know this he's like well isn't ahsoka a main character and they're like no she's only a main character in clone wars and he's like i haven't watched star wars everybody and he turns and he's like Who are you? And Luke Luke raises his hand. He's like, hi, I'm Luke. And I just want to clarify something. I'm not actually the real hero of Star Wars. That would be R2-D2. Right here, as we have established in over 300 episodes of J-Guys and Jedi, R2-D2 is the real hero of Star Wars because he has saved everybody more than any other character in this show. I'm just here because I'm like Skywalker and during all that, this, Din is like, oh my God, this, this Jedi, he's cute. Holy shit. And he's taking my son. He's going to raise my son. I'm having feelings. I, I need to, I need to talk to my boyfriend, Cobb Vant and, and my girlfriend, Amara, because this guy's cute. Like we need to expand our threeple. I mean, what, what, what is a, Hey, Hey Finnick. What is a four-person relationship called? And she's like a polycule and he's like, yeah, I want that. And Luke's like, oh my god, hi, you're the single dad with, with the with the force baby. Hi, I'm I'm Luke, and Tim's like, hi, what's going on? <laughs> hi, um, I, I am sort of in a relationship, but you're welcome. And Luke's like, oh, okay, well, um, I'm here for your son, and yeah, is, is that him? Oh my gosh, it's a baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, you're raising a baby Yoda. That's so cool. And Din's like, yeah, it's been hard. It's been really difficult. And Bo-Katan's like, you're the ruler of Mandalore. What? Focus, dude. This is supposed to be emotional. And Din, and Din's like, oh my god, yes. And I'm going to drop all the jokes here because honestly, this is one of the best scenes in the show. Um, Din has to say goodbye to Grogu. And he... Baby boy has come so far because Den willingly takes off his helmet so Grogu can see his face and he has this emotional goodbye and Grogu touches his face so he can see what his dad looks like and it's so sweet and it's so good and it's a puppet so I can't say anything about it but Pedro Pascal acts the fuck out of the scene and it's really really great and Excuse me. And Den has to say goodbye to Grogu, and he tell- puts him down, and he tells him to go to Luke. And, um, <coughs> and Grogu waddles over to Luke, and Luke's like, Hi! Welcome to my fourth school. And then he turns to Den, and he's like, So, here's the class schedule. I'm gonna text you all the contact information. Please respond with any allergies he might have, or any food needs he has, and stuff like that, too. We're still working on getting a nurse, so Please let me know if there's food allergies. Also, we have parent-teacher conferences. And if you, like, want to come to them, I won't say no. But give us, like, three months to let them get acquainted. acquaintance. But, like, you can call your son, you know? It's going to be totally fine. And he winks at Den. And Den's just like, okay, thank you for taking care of me. He just starts crying. And Leek's like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to leave now. And he picks up Groker and he's like, okay, bye, everybody. That's by the way, I'm the original himbo of Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, himbo galore, and he marches right out of there, and the music swells, and it's all emotional, and Den sits down and starts eating ice cream because his child is gone, and he's also now the ruler of Mandalore, apparently, and it's just a really big day for Din And that should be the end of the episode. But no, we get a post-credit sequence because it's not done. Because after Luke fucks off with with the kid and leaves, we go to Tatooine. And we open with Bib Fortuna, and he's there, and he's all just like, I'm Bib Fortuna, and I'm ruling now. Stop, Twilight Girl. Twilight Girl's like, I just want to be free. And then there's some pew-pews, and they ring out. And Finnick walks in and kills everybody except for the Twilight girl. And she's like, oh, look. And she frees her and she's like, get out of here. And the Twilight's like, thanks for freeing me. I'm out. Peace. And Boba walks on in. And Bib Fortuna's like, Boba, hey, you're still not mad about us leaving you for dead in in the sands of Tatooine during Return of the Jedi, are you? And Boba's like, yeah, I am. And it kills Bib Fortuna, kicks him off the throne. And Finnick and Boba get up there. And they're like, this is a really lovely home for us to start our relationship. And Finnick's like, yeah, it is. I like this house. Can I be a ruler? And Boba's like, only if I could be a ruler and we'll rule together. And then they make out on the throne. And they just, like, start sexing. And it's really great. And the moral... Of the story. As we come to the end. Of the Mandalorian season 2. The moral of the story is. We never have to see. Cara Dune again. The end.
2: At least with that
1: actress. (laughs) Please recast her. She's such an interesting character. Okay. What do you think of act two? Or three. Whatever act we're on. I'm going to eat
2: a it. The Mm. dark troopers also. They look to me like there was a micronaut called baron karza and the body is baron karza's body and he was like this toy and all his limbs were held together with magnets so you could rearrange his limbs and stuff but he basically and there was another micronaut called force commander who was the opposite of baron karza and was white like and had a stormtrooper head but if you took that head and made it into a black stormtrooper head and put it on Baron Karza. That would be what a what a a dark trooper looks like. Oh, okay. But I thought there was some uh, just, just gr- the 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 build up to lo- that. You see, the thing is, this episode by being just nonstop action and having. The the sort of like fake threat of the dark troopers, you know, it may, in the dark tro- and seeing that one dark trooper just like beat Din's head into the wall, you know, is was just to show like, yeah, this is one dark trooper. So a whole, you know, and and uh, Moff Gideon actually verbalizes that exactly. Oh, you you know, you fought one, but like. What are you going to do with a squadron of them? And everybody knows nobody's going to do very well with it. And they just set it up so well for me. Anyway, they, they totally I, I got so into it that I got totally suckered into like there was some buildup when they put Grogu on the rock of like, oh, will a Jedi show? It was a Chekhov's Jedi who's good. And, you know, it could be Ezra showing up. It could be Luke blah 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 i had forgotten all about that by this point the watching this the first time i had that you know it was just get you know it was i was focused on the dark troopers and being like oh this is quite a pickle how are they to... and then when the x wing shows up that's when i you know my brain went bing all right oh oh shit and then it became uh um last jedi moment when yoda showed up and i'm like are they going to fucking do it they 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 look like they're going to do it they're doing it there it's yoda and and it's just like all right they're doing it what's going to happen here and like but the way they they know that people were watching it like that and they just totally set it up you know we're going to give you just one little piece of information at a time is it him? Is it him? Uh guy in a robe, guy in a robe, guy in a robe could be you know could be Ezra though you know somebody's just, just wearing a robe. Wearing a robe, wearing a robe green lights and you know then once the green lightsaber comes out it's like oh they're gonna they're doing it you know
1: okay i had to think of like when the green lightsaber first came out i was like ezra has a green lightsaber
2: (laughs) oh that's right
1: and then because his second lightsaber but then i remembered sabine has ezra's lightsaber he gives it to her in the finale and so i was like unless ezra made a new lightsaber it's not him
2: much explaining to have it be sabine
1: and then, but, like, also, um, I saw the hand, like, the gloved hand.
2: Yes. And, and so, that's what so it, really so it like. became apparent they're doing it. And then I'm like, holy shit, they're doing it. They're committing. How are they going to do it? Are they going to pull it off? And at the same time, it's also just fucking, you know, just winding you up. And then, yeah, they do. They, they pull it off good enough. Like, good enough for the first viewing where I was like, wow, that was pretty cool. It was a little janky there with the with 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 Luke Skywalker, but okay. The second time when I watched it closer, it's kind of a clunker of a, an effect. It um and like there's things they could have done to like just jazz it up into human territory, like cause Luke Skywalker literally just like walks in and stands in a, a spot like Here I am, Luke Skywalker, with his hands, like, folded in front of him and just, like, speaks his lines, picks up Grogu, turns around and walks out. You know, there's no body language to him at all. And you can pull it off by saying he's trying to be a mysterious Jedi. It's very similar to the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's really, really dead, you know? Yeah. He's not even shifting his weight a little bit or showing any body language towards anyone else. Now mind you, everybody's got guns pointed at him too. So he but still a Jedi would st- you know, Jedi in the past they don't just stand like that as much, you know. It just it, it made it just seem canned and you know and his head, you know, the head movements and stuff it was just you know, I almost wish they'd done it like with a combination of body double, so it wasn't all just focused on Luke Skywalker's face. You know, cut away from him a couple times and just like, you know,
1: from behind.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just a little bit, just to mix it up, like you would normally, anyway. You know, and just just go about it normally. But those no. those are those are quibbles. But like, but yeah, I, I will
1: say that I do remember reading that after this episode came out, there is a YouTuber who for fun likes to smooth out like deep fakes and he actually fixed the scene and he did it so well. Lucasfilm hired him.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They were like, yes, come.
2: Yeah. And also I also I'm torn between your, your recast and this because One thing I love about Star Wars is it doing, you know, cut going cutting edge, you know, do it, trying something that, you know, that seems impossible because actors have been have been sort of deep faked into parts, you know, already for a few years now, quite a few years now. But somebody this big, it's it's a little different, you know in something that's not just like a novelty commercial or something like that, you know, that's a, like actual part of a storyline. Yeah. So I appreciate them 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 doing it and like if they ever go and do like the special editions again, I hope as as their Luke Skywalker technology improves that they go and like, you know, replace it <laughs> I would be perfectly happy with that
1: can, can I slide in here to give my two cents on that yeah because I I have been very vocal about loving the idea of recasting so we can tell these stories I like Alden as Han um I I don't mind it as much here but if they were doing a Luke Skywalker show I would be all for recasting all because I don't mind the little snippets because I, I remember, like, when I first saw this, like, I was just like, "Oh, it's Luke," but like now I don't mind. I think it actually works really well. But that's if I the had next to watch... challenge
2: though, they're, they're, I, if they're... I had
1: to watch an entire show of this and Book a Boba Fett where they didn't even use Mark Hamill, he's completely like digital and AI and stuff, I, I would well, have that's the issue. Cha-
2: That's the challenge, though. The challenge is not you know. And 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 in Book of Boba Fett, he's improved over this one. It's but it's still not. It's not there. It's yeah. Not it's there. it's. So, I, I I'm like, actually it really might be driving them to tr- actually. T- maybe this is their way of actually get. You know, t- getting to a point where they say yes, we can do this. You know, they And
1: but the thing is, like, I I'm really interested in rewatching those scenes of Book of Boba Fett because I hated them on the first watch because it felt so dead and lifeless and then you look at a picture of max lloyd jones he looks like a young mark hamill <laughs> like he looks like he could be yeah. like skywalker and so like on what i don't mind it here but if i had to watch an entire show of this i would want them to
2: no yeah him. well well that's the thing is like in this one in this one they've they've limited themselves to a few lines of dialogue and that's it you know Mm -hmm. a reveal of the face and a few lines of dialogue and the next one there's action going on and but at the same time in both of them they're limited to like the only kind of inflection and body language luke skywalker has is enigmatic jedi you know
1: With, like, no tone in his voice changing. Yes,
2: yes. Being, you know, being like, I'm not going to betray any kind of emotion or, or anything like that. And it works on a limited basis to a limited extent. But, you know, I mean, Luke Skywalker in all the Star Wars movies, you know, he has dramatic, more dramatic scenes towards the end. But when he's like with his friends, or when he's just relaxed, he's a human being, you know. He's got yeah. like, he'll his like shoulders shrug, and he's you know he's, and and even I wanna as a go Jedi to Master, Station. you have a, of a You have to get to. You have to get. They're not to that. So they can only have like, like he. he there's only a few things that he can do, you know. At this point, but in order to like make him be a real character that you would care about in a show, it's a long way off, but they might be working towards that, you know, because if they own Star Wars into perpetuity, I mean, obviously the answer would be if you want to do a Luke Skywalker Jedi Academy type stories, do it animated, you know? and and then all you have to worry about is a voice and a voice actor will do quite well for that and Mark, Mark Hamill. Could do it. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, his voice is different now, but you could they have ways they
1: of They could twe- pitch it up.
2: They can tweak him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's I mean it's fine. But, but I mean but they you know uh, but that's another Star Wars is, you know, in, industrial likes and magic in Lucasfilm are pushing the always have to be pushing the edge of of it so they might I, think I, you know five ten five years from now ten years from now we might be able to do that you know
1: my my concern i guess my biggest concern is i'm afraid they took the wrong lesson from solo um i think it was kathleen kennedy if someone quick, correct me in the comments um but somebody from lucasfilm was just like oh the problem with this was like it was the recasting and I'm like, no, Alden was great. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Like, That was not the problem of the movie. (laughs) I
2: I didn't think he, he didn't like, he didn't like win me over. Like, like, um, like Lando did as, as a character.
1: Lando is a really good example of, of recast really working well. Of a
2: recast. And, and then the, and, and the guy who plays Dr. and Dr. McCoy in the new Star Trek movies. Just like living, living the part, but like I, you know, I think the main problem with that is they filmed it twice and like mm-hmm. bringing everybody back for a second time and and or well, most everybody back for a second time, it takes took seemed to take the life out of it, you know. Yeah. A little bit, or take the, you know, t- you know, it just it had it, it 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 felt it yeah, but.
1: But yeah, I, I don't know. I I just.
2: But, you know, a big conglomerate like Disney takes the wrong, they will take the wrong reason not, because yeah, it's a, a boardroom that's making that decision that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy at some point is going to would have to sell another recast to them and they'll they'll be like solo. But what about solo? So it's just like whether it's real or not, <laughs> it's real to the people who who shake out the money so it just i
1: i kind of hope that we'll see the lando show before like to have and like the lando show be successful to be like look no recasts can yeah. work yeah because um, that yeah, I, but then I,
2: they'll go like lando's not luke skywalker though uh
1: yeah i don't know i'm i'm very yeah. torn about how i feel about this because on I, and I, I kind of still stand by it, like what I said. Like, I think in small amounts, this is fine. But if there was an entire Luke Skywalker show, I want to recast. Like, and, and i I, I, I don't know. That's just kind of where I am at, the, at this moment of recording. So, what else you got?
2: Um, I've only got a couple other, other notes. They're both visual. Um, I think there's a poltergeist tribute in here. Where Grogu turns is looking at the TV screen and then turns around and looks right into the camera and I'm almost expecting him to go there. Here he's here. And. Uh. the 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 post scene ending is funny because it's kind of Marvel like, but it was great. The first time it was great. The second time I knew it was coming, but what I love the most about it is Fat Bib Fortuna because. (laughs) it's tells so much with it visually without having to say anything, you know, it's just like, boom, it it just like gives you a rough backstory (laughs) and it's, it's just, it's great. It's witty. It's witty. It's funny. And it's just, yeah, it's, 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 and that was a nice, nice way to, uh, to, uh, you know, sort of kick off the Boba Fett show, too. The Boba I feel, Fett show.
1: I, I feel the same way. Like, I love the post credit sequence. Um, it's, I think it's handled well. Um, it's, it gives you just enough of just like, oh shit. They're on Tatooine, and they just took over, and like just like the little things. Like I like when Finnick frees the Twilight Girl, and like she doesn't even say anything. She just like shoots a chain, and just like kind of nods her head, and the Twilight Girl is like, "I'm out."
2: <laughs> and but and I- remember, this is just originally, this is just two episodes of where, uh, you know, you know, two episodes ago, we were just talking with our other three guests about how we were like, oh, now all of a sudden, I care about Boba Fett. And then they give you this, and it's just like, oh, all right, well, all right. right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and that's I I that's how I felt when I saw the post credit scene. I was just like, oh, the book of Boba Fett, awesome. Um, and and I I still feel I, I'm actually you know, I I came into this season like dreading Mando season two, and I loved it, and I hope I come out of Book of Boba Fett the same way because I thought it was fine i thought it was up and down the first viewing but i'm really excited about seeing it again like Mm -hmm. like now that i know what happens and stuff so um did you have any other notes i do not all right um to what is my smallest note um let me throw out my if if it's not obvious i as much as i ship den Cobb and i ship amara amara and mando if it's not obvious i also ship den luke (laughs) (gasps) Dan is the bicycle of the show. Everyone rides him. (laughs) He is the show bicycle, and I'm here for it. Um, My other small note before I get into all my big stuff. Um, I do wonder, because R2 belonged to Anakin, who was around in the Clone Wars, and Grogu is the same age of Anakin, and he was also around during the Clone Wars, and I'm wondering if Grogu and R2 actually met. because. Grogu was kind of like iffy about Luke, but then he sees R2 and he's just and he just walks over and R2's just like, oh my god, hi! And, but and R2,
2: like little kids love R2 too, so it's just sort of like, you know.
1: Yeah. So I, I kind of that's just kind of a question. Like, I don't I don't have an answer to it, but I, I am curious if R2 and Grogu have met before. Can you I, imagine this,
2: here's the thing is is like with the force and stuff, do would a would a would a droid have like vibes to where like it's just like, oh, you know, I like I, I sense this person's presence and I know who it is, you know, so, from, because because astromech droids were sort of like in, like Roombas, you know, so I, like he I could actually have, seen... have
1: an answer to that question. And the answer to that is it depends on the Jedi, because um, I don't remember the ability, but Quinlan Voss had this ability uh. where he could touch an object and see its past and see who had touched it and handled it. Um, that's why he was hunting Cad Bane with Obi-Wan, because he had that ability to do so. So if Grogu, we don't know if Grogu. I think it's called psychometry or something, yeah. um, but it, it is an ability that not that very few Jedi have, but some do, where they can touch an object and see its past. So if we don't know if Grogu has that, if he does, he might could touch R two and be like, oh, okay. But I I just had a thought while I was while we were talking that Hayden is around again they could do a flashback of like a Grogu flashback in season three of Hayden as Anakin in the Clone Wars. Like they could do that. They could. <laughs> that would they be have. awesome. And I'm here for it.
2: Well, um, I mean, there seems to be, there seems to be a uh, little bit of, uh, they're starting to feel freer to, uh, cause you notice they like, they really, they stay away from the music of the, outside of the of the prequels uh, you know they're just they're just sort of staying away from it a little bit and i wish uh, maybe it's because of the fan reaction or something but you know i anything that goes back into the prequels clone wars era live action is very welcome to me you know
1: yeah so um all right my big notes So I kind of want to clarify something and now that we got to this point because I've been calling the dark troopers nothing burgers and let me clarify here's my thoughts in the context especially of this episode they are clearly powerful one alone almost murders Den and when they're approaching the bridge Everyone is clearly scared of them. So they are strong and powerful and to be feared, and it takes a literal Jedi with a laser sword to beat them. The reason I call them nothing burgers is they come as these big built-up scary things, and then they're quickly wiped out and gone. Problem solved. Barely an inconvenience. And... I just slightly wish after all this build up about the dark troopers that like maybe Gideon sent a few away to come back later. Or like if like maybe they revealed that there are more dark troopers being built somewhere else, something like that, just so they're like, not oh, they don't have. have... Be...
2: I mean, you can just sort of assume that Yeah, you know, I, I think.
1: But can we? But, yeah, uh, but I, guess I, I assume is they're, like,
2: they're always they're just as far away as a budget, you know, <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. So, like, th- that is my issue is how they're used. They're mostly here to show that Luke Skywalker is cool. And on well, hand, I, th- I, I don't I have a problem with that. they were there that.
2: To misdirect just like that. I think they were there to be a nothing burger. I think they were there to focus your energy on them. So that like when Luke Skywalker came in, it's just like, oh, you know, I think I think I being an idiot just like fell for the trick where it was like build it, build build them up as this big threat in order to, you know, have everybody thinking of how they're going to get out of this. And then and then you throw Luke Skywalker in it and all of a sudden everything's tipped upside down and your nerd brain is. Firing dopamine into your bloodstream.
1: Yeah. So and and I do want to say if they do show up again, like in season three, I will happily eat my words and be wrong. But I just I, I just I'm not the biggest fan of their execution. Um, but I understand why they're here. So uh by the way, I just want to say John Carlos is having the best time in this act. Oh yeah, he, yeah. Oh uh, I Gideon makes me laugh. And I, And I mean that in a good way. just like watching Den and Bogota like scare stare each other down. And like Gideon just kind of slides into the shot, like you guys are about to fight. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. guys are about to die. <laughs> like he is having the best time. and i'm I, I really want Gideon back in season three. Like I'm glad he's not dead because I, if they would have killed him, I would have had issues because he he also is kind of a. I don't want to say a nothing burger of a villain because that's not true. Um, But he kind of feels to me like how you feel about Thrawn where he's supposed to be this big bag, but he's been beaten a lot.
2: He got deflated. Yeah, but like it's funny because the first I thought I thought that even more the first time I watched it when he when he was going to like shoot himself. I was like, oh, now we're seeing this character's, you know, weakness. But now that I think about it, no, he's just outing outing himself as one of the like, you know, true believer psychos where he's just like, I better kill myself because they can't get a hold of my the information I have, you know? Yeah. So he's you know, he's he's a well, he also probably thinks whatever anything is better than than pissing off palpy.
1: Yeah. And I do want to bring up a point that um Alex Damon of Star Wars Explain brought up. And he was he was, I think this was in his video breaking down the season three trailer. Cause one of the shots has the comms officer and Dr. Pershing walking. And he brought up the thought of the the idea of what if Gideon in season three is like Hannibal Lecter? So like he's behind the scenes and like pulling strings from jail, but he's like still manipulating and powerful. And I'm, I, oh, like sure. I, oh, I like I, that. I like that idea. I could
2: totally see that.
1: And I hope they go that route because that sounds awesome. <laughs> I'd be here for that. Um, and so my next note I have is all about Bo-Katan and the Darksaber. Um, um, what I love about Bo refusing the Dark Sable, the Dark Dark Sable, about Bo refusing the Darksaber is it really does reflect on everything in Star Wars Rebels. She did not get the Darksaber the correct way. It was given to her by Sabine. And then Mel Mandalore went to shit under her rule. And because she was technically a false ruler, because she didn't win it, it was given to her. And so I like that kind of um, oh my god what's the word um, not bookend um, parallel where she did it one time and it fell apart so she knows she cannot take it uh, from Den this way and that's why she had to fight Gideon herself so she could finally be the rightful ruler and I just like that. It's a very nice callback to Rebels because if again if you've Watch the show. It makes that scene way out more because she did it wrong the first time. But I also think um, after watching the season three trailer, I, I, I am really interested in everything between Bo and Den. Like I think that's going to be one of the most interesting points because it's. I, I think Bo is in for a hell of a good, a, a hell of a juicy story in season three, and I cannot wait to see it. Um, because is she going to go a changed route where she's like, okay, this has happened, or is she going to go like the death watch route and be like, nah, I'm going to go full villain, and like that's what that's what has always been interesting about Bo-Katan. She is a gray character through and through she's done good things she's done bad things she is a gray character and that's why she's fascinating because we literally have no idea what she's going to do or which direction she's going to go and i love that about her and i can't wait to see it anything to add to that
2: no no i'm <clears throat> I'm, I'm like kind of digesting it actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're gonna stir it around in your tummy Tom?
2: Yeah, I I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I'm I don't know what to to our, I I I almost feel like the way they're setting her up, they 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 can't have her go full bad, because it's all about Din's arc away from or maybe well no no I guess I take that back because she could totally go. You know, Mad Queen on the whole thing, and Din could see also more of the errors of, you know, fundamental adherence to the Mandalore rules. You know, so he could still learn stuff from her. For I guess she doesn't have to be a role model for him, for him, for him to learn from her.
1: I I will riot though if they take her a Daenerys route and they just make her crazy. Like I will yeah. riot. I, yeah, I don't yeah. want that.
2: No, but, I mean, she could totally be, like, destroyed by her own, you know.
1: Hubris.
2: Aspirations.
1: Are you saying that she's going to choke on her aspirations yes, like critics? critic? Could. It could happen. <laughs> uh, Chris Andor is next week. I can't wait. <laughs> um, And then the final note, because I think it's very fitting. It's the last note, and it's the last episode of the season. I want to talk about our precious himbo and his journey. And I actually want to take us back to The Believer and the whole choice for Den to remove his helmet. It all comes down to that. It's important of everything that happened in The Believer. The entire journey of season two, actually from season one, from the moment he met Grogu, has been about Den stripping away his past and finding a different future with Grogu. And because of the believer and the conversation he had with Mayfil, Din realizes there's one thing that he never got and he's giving it to his son. And that is a choice. It taught, We talked about this in the Jedi because Ahsoka gives Grogu not one but two chances to make his choice. To choose to go with Luke and to choose to leave Luke. Those are Grogu's choices. And Mayfield talks about how the Mandos decided Din's life for him. And Din does not want to do that to his kid. He wants to give Grogu autonomy so Grogu can make the choice and he lets Grogu decide. So it it's something that Din never got. And that's why I love that he removes his helmet. Because it is Din saying, I am making this choice not for my cult. I am not for this i'm making it right. for myself to have this moment with my son to say goodbye and it is a culmination of everything and that's and i think that's where we're going to continue to go in season three because when he doesn't have Grogu, he falls back in his old life but he can't live that life anymore he can't get another razor crest he can't go back to his cult. And season three, I think, is going to be about him finding out this new path. But it all came down to this moment where he made a choice for himself. And he also gave Grogu the ability to make a choice for himself. And I love it. (laughs) The end. Um, Anything about that?
2: No, not really.
1: So good. (laughs) So good. Um, That's all I have for this episode. You got anything else?
2: Not really.
1: All right, Chris. It's getting late. Score it up for me. Say so goodbye. I, can
2: it I gave it. An, I gave it a nine. I. Uh, I. It, the only reason I didn't give it a nine point five, nine point seven five is the hink, hinky Luke at the end. It 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 it, it demerited a little. It could have. It should have demerited more, but it also sort of canceled out a little of the demerit with you know just just the attempt you know to do it with the technology and you know just just for the the sheer balls of it so so a solid nine uh, a a a great ender and you know just just sort of wraps up like the this season was a lot better than i thought it was
0: yeah and
2: i, and I liked it before
1: Um, I also gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, I I was thinking about this, about um, whether or not I liked it more than the Season 1 finale. And there's, because there's a lot in the Season 1 finale I really like. It introduces Gideon, all the stuff with IG-11, all the stuff with Khalil, um, all those, like, then getting set on his new path with the armorer. Um, there's a lot I really do like about the season one finale, and I kind of realize I like them both about equal, but for completely different reasons.
2: Yeah, I would say, I would say, um, I feel about the same way.
1: Yeah, so, I, I gave it a, it's a solid finale, and it has a lot of great character stuff. I think everyone pulls their weight in different ways. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So, yeah, nine out of ten, solid, so. Well, as always, we would love to hear feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from our episode, The Passenger, which is the Frog Lady episode.
2: All right. This uh, comes from our totally not crazy and obsessed with flamethrowers uh, listener from Gold Squadron Gay, Charles, who, as Hope points out here, you should really know, really hates flamethrowers and thinks they're useless in Star Wars. He sent not one but two messages about the flamethrower in Star Wars.
1: I just want to say, Charles, because I know you're listening, I cannot wait for you to do, like, a rant episode about just the flamethrowers. Please do it. I will, I can't wait to hear it. Please do.
2: All right, the first. I want Chris's monologue about discussing art from the top of this episode on a poster I can hang on my wall. Ooh, wow, hey, Well! Wow. I thought we were talking about flame but we're talking about me. Suddenly, the topic changed to my favorite topic. Also, the flamethrower thrower is mildly useful in this episode momentarily, and receives extra credit for killing spiders with fire, which is a correct reaction. I disagree. I, 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 I'm. I don't live in the I don't live where there's 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 dangerous spiders. So I, have, admittedly, I'm a little kinder towards fire but like the i i the flamethrower i think is like uh, just a useless weapon because it's just so like um resource heavy for so little effect and like also, you have to carry around, I guess even with, you have a rocket pack, so I guess you're not shy about carrying around, you know, compressed gas on you, but that seems like it could be a a potential, you know, weakness or something that can use. Okay, anyway.
1: I just realized the second message is essentially the first one, but go ahead and read it anyway.
2: <laughs> the second message is, I believe when we did our coverage on Gold Squadron Gaze, I noted that the flamethrower very... Briefly clears the spiders near them, and I award it half a point of grudging credit for that, and I will award it another half a point for a li- literally attempting to kill spiders, which which is the correct <laughs> response. To I... Okay, so I just read the same message. So, so the second message, that. the second message is just the same message. The is the first message, just minus <laughs> the praise for Chris's monologue, which Chris doesn't even remember.
1: Like, I today doing the I I was just like Chris sent like, Charles sent two messages, put them in. And I I it was like six PM I needed to it's cook two. Like, it's almost
2: like it got proofread and it's like, all right, well okay, here's my letter. I'll send this off to J Guys and Jedi. Wait, let me give it a quick proofread and and maybe tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, we'll just take this thing about Chris uh Chris's wise words of art about art right out of here. And there oh yeah it flows so much, hey. flows hey. so much better this way.
1: First of all, killing fire spiders with fire is a corrupt response. Second of all, what all, all this proves is Charles really hates this, the flamethrowers because he sent <laughs> the same message twice.
2: <laughs> I, I like the fl- I mean, the flamethrower, I, I acknowledge it as an entertaining visual element, but as a weapon, it's purely goofy but you know, maybe they maybe you know during Mandalorian training, they're like, I know you're thinking right now, why the flamethrower? This is stupid, but it instill you know, having flames fly at you does, but like, does, it does like it's like visual intimidation, you know, it's almost I like
1: also keep in mind Mandalorians created all their weaponry around fighting Jedi. When you're facing a laser sword, a wall of fire coming out of Jedi is a pretty good weapon.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it It's not as much of a weapon that gives you, like, you're going to kill somebody with it. Although he did fry stormtroopers with it, but those are stormtroopers. They get killed with rocks. They get killed with almost everything in the Star Wars universe at some point.
1: He sneeze on a stormtrooper and they die. Yeah,
2: but but it's... Uh, but. It, it, like if you're fighting a Jedi, it'll get you some space, I guess. You know, it'll it'll yeah. it'll get at least get somebody to back up a little bit. and Go like, oh, okay. Spider.
1: Actually, there's a flamethrower in this episode because when Costca and Boba yep. are fighting in the bar, they whip out their flamethrowers on each other, and it just. Like, I think sh-
2: I, I, that might be the stupidest flamethrower. Of everything because it's like it's like when people have power beams that they shoot at each other and then they hit in the middle. You know, that's what their flamethrowers were doing. Their flamethrowers were just. Like, it's like a dragon instead, ball so it should scene. have just been shooting fire straight up into the air, and, like catching the ceiling on fire and going off to the sides and everything. It should have been a big mess. But anyway, yeah.
1: Thank you, Charles. <laughs> I always love hearing about the flamethrowers. <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me more, because it's my favorite.
2: I wish we had control over how much the flamethrower showed up, because then we'd know we'd be getting a letter, an angry, <laughs> uh, angry missive, dear sir, dear sirs and ma- sir and madam
1: uh charles please write a very angry letter to lucasfilm about flamethrowers i would love to read it
2: i've made my feelings about the flamethrower incredibly clear on many occasion
1: <laughs> and yet
2: it still is deployed in the mandalorian
1: uh, please see my previously five letters
2: how sir or madam do you sleep at night
1: or a person uh, anyway aaron
2: how do you sleep at night <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a letter from. Uh, oh, we're, we're, that's right. We're okay. We're gonna be in Spiderland with all of these. Aaron Henley says, uh, "Space spider, space uh, fast, space spiders and naughty babies. Oh, and a cool X-wing chase scene. That X-wing chase scene is really, really, really cool.
1: It's really cool.
2: It, it's all. Uh, you know, I I don't know if I mentioned it there. Uh, it reminds me of res of uh, Resistance a lot. Like,
1: oh, I can see that. Yeah, that, like,
2: a lot of the the stuff in the 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 in atmosphere chases in resistance all right and we've got one from uh diego Lemus. uh my brain process the first time i watched it was uh the frog frog lady thing made me think about the biology of her species because she is an an r strategy oh we're getting some science she is an r strategist Produce many offspring in hopes that at least a few make it to adulthood i was just reading a comic book where a character was a frog and discussing this and yet in the next episode she chooses to only fertilize one of her eggs and care for them individually like a uh case strategist invest more in raising fewer offspring so that they can have more chance of surviving which to me show oh, i remember reading i've got an answer for this i was, remember reading this on facebook which to me shows an interesting way of portraying how the different species in the galaxy have evolved concepts such as families. So this cements it uh, that the Yoda species are predators in their homeworld. Who would have Who would have thought of it, Yoda? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the uh, the 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 Grand Monarch of Dagobah. <laughs> so I am one of those who doesn't much care for this controversy. The harassment directed towards the people that felt uncomfortable with this episode is unjustified. And just to clarify, I am with Hope Mullinex. The egg joke overstays its welcome. They just have to cut the last time. Sorry, guys, for my super long comments, but this is what Star Wars sci-fi do to me. Yeah, well, we do a two-hour podcast on it. First so. of
1: all, Diego, we love your yeah. comments. I I know yes. I answered you. I answered you in the Facebook, but I'm also going to say it here. Never apologize for your comments. We love them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep writing them. Um, this is what I think about... They might they might have fertilized all those eggs and that was just the first one that hatched, you know, or maybe some of them didn't take. And, you know, so that might have just been the first baby out. We we don't really get too much information on it that that that's going to be the only baby.
1: What's, yeah. what's this comic book you're talking about?
2: It's called. Uh, 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 hang on. I'm going to go get it so I can actually mention the author because I
1: yeah, did the thing. I'm going to get my candy paper ready because I'm excited about candy tonight, you guys. We're going to have something delicious that none of you can eat. <laughs> it's going to be great, but it's one of my favorite fruits and I'm excited about this and it's going to be so good. Just to give you a preview, one of my favorite fruits in the world is mango. I don't get to eat mangoes very often and I'm very excited about the candy. And Chris is going to hear all of this when he comes back. Chris is a loser. Chris.
0: Okay.
2: So- I was
1: saying very nice things about you while you were gone.
2: Years and years ago, uh, uh, I don't know if she was my girlfriend at the time or an ex-girlfriend. She's an ex-girlfriend now, so I'll refer to her as an ex-girlfriend. Gave me this trade paperback called True Swamp, the, The Adventures of Lenny the Frog. And very sort of crude, simple art style, but still very good. And it's just all about the lives and, like inner workings and weird goings on and the life, just the foreign lifestyle of all these swamp denizens. But they all have like, it's, it's, it's indescribable. It's, it's wonderful. And there's a main character named Lenny, the frog. And at one point he's just like, oh, there's this other frog I know. And, and, and and he fertilized and she's, he, oh, she's got some egg. Would you like me to fertilize them? She's like, sure. And then she takes off afterwards and he's like, yeah, you know, what? Uh, I'm bored. I'm just going to do the sort of frog thing and hang out and sort of guard the eggs for a little while till I get bored. And uh, yeah, I just and nobody's ever heard It's by this guy named John Lewis, who was in Seattle when he wrote it. But now I guess he lives in New York City. And uh, there's and I I w- just on a whim went on ebay to see if there were other true swamp comics that um and and one of one of um a friend of my friend has just did a few years ago uh uh underground comic price guide and i noticed this wasn't in the underground price guide i've never heard anybody else talk about it but apparently it has a little bit of a following because i got a hardcover edition of it i thought it was going to be ones that i hadn't seen before but it's the original one so now i have it on heart in hardcover too and i found out there's more highly if you highly recommend true swamp by uh, john lewis
1: interesting
2: yeah there's uh the the, the there's individual issues that are kind of pricey but the but the trade paperbacks of them are are pretty cheap and I, I, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's, it's, there's fairies in it and there's stuff, you know, the guy obviously like studied nature, but at the same time he builds a whole, like they, like all the animals, when they communicate to each other, they, instead of money, they use the names of cities. And every time one of them, they'll be like, well, I'll give you this, but you got to give me a city name. And they'll be like Cincinnati. And then you'll see the other animal will have like a sort of weird picture in their head of what the city might look like or something. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 great. What? Yeah, but anyway, that's I was just reading that thing about the eggs this morning in my new uh, true swamp comic. Awesome. so yeah
1: um so candy I, I was I, well, while you were away I was giving our listeners a little preview oh you were teeing
2: up the candy okay I was I was I, I down and I said before, very
1: nice things about you before you I
2: down. saw uh, well I'll, I'll find out when I edit it won't I <laughs>
1: uh,
2: it's okay I was doing some whispering about you when you were letting your cat in so, oh, okay. yeah, I actually, before I saw your message, I went down to grab one, and, and admittedly, we're down to the ends of the candy. But I grabbed the same one, and then I came up, and then you had the picture of it in there, and I'm like, oh,
0: all right.
1: Yeah. So if you don't know what we're doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a weirdo. And our friend Dario sends us candy from all over the world, and Dario is Chris's co-podcaster for Eat It and Beat It podcast. And this week, we are doing the Kit Kat summer mango made in Japan and I was telling our listeners that mango is one of my favorite fruits and I don't get to eat it very often so I'm very excited about this
2: well I'm already eating it this one's a bit of a disappointing
1: it tastes like perfume
2: it tastes like perfume and coconut it tastes like it tastes like um suntan lotion
1: (laughs) yeah it does
2: it tastes like suntan lotion smells
1: yeah it does I think I'm only gonna eat one Oh. Oh god, it has a horrible aftertaste. Oh my god. It's I, like I, one of
2: those it's like one of those Pina Colada energy drinks or something. It oh doesn't taste god. like mango at all.
1: No, oh god, the aftertaste is horrible. Mm. <laughs> I, I need to cheese it. I'm so glad I still have cheese it's left. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Oh my god. Wash it's that candy lingers. down and cheese it. The last, the aftertaste just lingers. It's not going away. Oh my god, it's on my palate! It's in my nose!
2: Yeah, this is Ugh. the this is the this is the biggest failure. There haven't really been many failures of the the Oh my
0: god. Oh my god, it's horrible. Not good. More cheese more cheese, please! Oh I can still I still taste it on my breath. Ah. Oh. Mm. Thank you, Dario.
1: Don't ever send us this one again. <laughs>
2: You could cross you can cross mango mangoes off the list.
1: <laughs> I mean I love mangoes like they're one of my favorite fruits. This just not
2: I like not... mangoes. I don't like mango flavored things for some reason or and like if there's juice, like I don't like mango juice, it's too sweet, but if it's mango mixed with other things it's it's okay. Mm, I have a okay. weird relationship with mango.
1: After about seven, she's finally going away. Oh my Excellent. Mm. Mm. Well, we've come to the end of Mando, Chris.
2: Mando season two anyway. Yep. Yep. Season three on the horizon. So.
1: Mm-hmm. But if that's all you have for the rescue, where can people find you? I need more drink.
2: You can find me at two true com. That's our website. Uh, for podcast website where all our podcasts live and uh, in including, uh, I guess I'll, uh, since we have so many podcasts, I'll just announce the newest one that we've added, which is um, Not the Loser's Lounge. I think I talked about this last week too, but uh, yeah, Tom DJ and Chris Tyler are, are, are methodically going over the biggest bombs of Hollywood of all time
1: I, I saw that. That sounds, so that sounds so interesting. That's such it, an it, interesting
0: show. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just looking at the list of the all-time biggest bombs, there's a lot of very interesting movies in there, and to, the, it's. I think they probably did it because when they looked at that list, they go, "These aren't all that bad, you know." There's or there's a lot of movies that haven't like, you know, have. Have but the thing about bombs is they usually a bomb usually means they have a big budget so there's usually something going on I'm sure there's definitely some awful movies on there but it's not gonna be a trash fest I think both of them are like well I know Chris Tyler is just generally a positive guy and yeah you know Thomas is a film guy so they're go they're going into like you know I mean. If anything like that, you want you want to get some enjoyment out of it anyway. So it's not going to be, it's not like, I don't know, there's a, there's a whole genre of shows that are just looking to, you know, trash something, you know, the worst of the worst and stuff like that. And this is just sort of dealing with stuff that are, that's a financial failure. And if there's one thing anybody knows, being a financial failure does not necessarily mean that, you know that piece of art is is particularly bad so solo,
1: low so low was a financial failure
2: was it is it one of the biggest ones is it they might that might be an interesting episode if they have to do that that i don't know,
1: that I don't know. um i don't, I don't think it was
2: i i think it was i think i did it lose money is it the only one that it, lost money
1: it did lose money it did because you know they filmed it twice
2: mm-hmm. yeah um, that's true that's true
1: um, I do know it loses money. I don't know if I. I don't think it's in the biggest bombs for sure. I. I don't think it is. But I'm talking. Yeah. No. I. Stats. I
2: definitely don't think that's the case. But yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't have stats in front of me, so
2: uh, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. It's based on the the Wikipedia. I think top fifty or top hundred. Uh, I don't know how how far in the future they're planning. <laughs> but. Yeah, they have plenty of movies for a long time. And we are also on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Facebook. Jesus Christ. Blah, blah, We're also on Facebook. You got the Two True Freaks podcast page where we post up all our new episodes. And the Two True Freaks cantina where we hang out. And then there, you can go out to the barren wastelands of Twitter and... and and see all our two true freaks on Twitter if that's your 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 platform you want to you really want to use and if you're there say hi to gene gene the road warrior machine out in the barren wastelands fighting marauders
1: oh my god gene i you're the best gene <laughs> i'm hi sorry I, I pulled oh, up Malibus the list is
2: not a really, I, know, no, I, I don't I think she's a road warrior fan to tell i pulled the up truth.
1: the list of the 50 biggest bombs on here guys please have me on the cats episode i it, like please let the like i i would love to be on yeah, the Cats episode. It's on here. Because um, i if, if you heard my Bookmark and Busy episode, I know Cats lore because of Megan. Um, but there's, yeah, this episode, this list is very interesting because some of these I'm like, yeah, I could see that. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Yeah, but then there's other things on here that's, like, See, but I've
2: heard in recent years, people are looking back on Pluto Nash and going, it's not as bad as it was, uh...
1: And there's another one on here, which is The Good Dinosaur, which is a Pixar film. And that movie is stunning to look at. It's a rough plot, but it also was in, like, process, uh, like, um corporate hell for the longest time and it's actually not that bad of a movie yeah you see that's, that's
2: the thing is a lot of them have like backstories of their their failure that don't necessarily have to do with the quality of the movies it could be sometimes it was a studio it was changing hands or they ran over budget. There's all sorts of things, you know. So yeah,
1: the new Space Jam movie is on
2: here. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, jeez. Well, that's, oh, a, that's Titan a rough a. one. I tried to, I tried to watch it. It was rough. I couldn't do oh, it.
1: Oh, Titan A.E. is on here. That is a Don Bluth film. Yeah,
2: um, and I've heard wonderful things about that. I've heard I. It, I I've heard at the very least. It's beautiful to look at.
1: Yeah, well, it was... It was... Um, uh, it was definitely Don Bluth, like, trying a lot of new things, including technology. Yeah. And while it failed at the time, it was a big step into a lot of the technology we have now. Really? The new Wonder Woman movie was a bomb?
2: Yeah, well, it was also a COVID movie. It was also a big budget movie oh, that got true, dropped Oh, that's true. I didn't think COVID.
1: about that. Um, yeah. I, I, I never saw the second one, so I'm just surprised to see it on here. That's interesting. Anyway, you were saying, I'm sorry.
2: Anyway, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope?
1: Tell them if they need a guest for the cat's movie, I'm available.
2: I'm 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 creating a a message to both of them right now to tell them to, to tell them that
1: I volunteer so as they tribute. Prob- I am
2: I'm, I'm imagining that both of them would be delighted.
1: I volunteers tribute. Anyway, um, you can find me at JGasandJetter on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Max And I am doing so much stuff right now. I am still a writer for Geeky Waffles. Um, I'm mostly doing animation stuff over there. Um, I, I am taking a tiny hiatus at the moment, only just because I just became a contributor for Dorkside of the Force. And I have been writing news articles over there. I just wrote... <laughs> A piece about six things to read or watch to get ready for tales of the jedi um and right now i'm also working on a really massive uh animation article um that actually aaron henley kind of asked me if i was gonna write this and at first i wasn't and then i decided to so thank you aaron but as- essentially what it is is that um i it should Hopefully, be out by now. I hope I'm not working on it for over a month. I hope it's out by <laughs> right now. Um, but like I, um, it, it's essentially about everything that's been happening lately in animation with Netflix and HBO Max gutting their their entire li- like gutting their animation departments and how animation ruled during COVID and what went on with New Deal for animation. I also talk about the history of the stigma against animation and essentially all that, what does it mean for Lucasfilm? Which means I'm also talking about like past Disney shows and like some of the stuff that Lucasfilm has done. And what does it mean for the history of Lucasfilm animation? Um, that is my biggest piece I've worked on so far, and then I've also worked on smaller pieces, uh, like di- like Disney is launching a Magic the Gathering like game, but with their characters, and I wrote one about what does that mean for Star Wars, and I also wrote like about the Ezra Bridger casting. So like it's fun, we're having fun over there. And that's all over on Dork Side of the Force. Please go check it out because they pay me. <laughs> I would like to be there. Yes. Um, and I'm I also have to, to say. Continue doing that. And I also, as I announced last week, I'm on a project with our listener, Charles from Ghost and Gaze, and Chris from Darkside Divas, and Jess from Rupal's Potter Race, and our friends Nathan and Colton. Um, And we have a tabletop, Star Wars tabletop podcast set in the High Republic called For Light and Dice. The first episode's about to come out, so it should be out by the time this episode's out, so go listen to it. We have such a good time. I play a gazo named Gaz, and she's an ex-retail worker looking for a new life, on an adventure, and she has a past, and I'm really excited cuz we had a ball recording the first episode, and we were having just a blast over there, so please go check out for Light and Dice. And that's where I'm at. Fuck, I have to do a Grogu evolution next week.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, I gotta do a Grogu evolution next week. It just seems realized. like
2: yesterday that you did the, the the first Grogu evolution. Yeah,
1: this season flew by. Like holy shit, it really does feel like we were just, just starting the season. It really went by so fast. Yeah. Um, and God, and like not next week, but the week after, we're doing Book of Boba Fett. Like it's just going on by. I, yep. and then after, after that's Kenobi Kenobi, Kenobi, Kenobi. Kenobi, yeah. Kenobi, Kenobi I'm really excited about Kenobi Kenobi, Kenobi, Kenobi because uh, we'll be back with my Grande Boyfriend everybody my Grande Boyfriend oh my god <laughs> ah! y'all I'm gonna be feral you guys remember how feral I was with during Rebels I'm gonna be so much feral so much, I can't wait I'm so excited Grande Boyfriend ah um, so, I guess come back next week and we'll be talking about our season two wrap up and all of our hard pressing questions. And I re- need to remember to do the outline early. So, for Chris, <laughs> get cracking,
2: get cracking.
1: Yep. yep, 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 yep. Go check out for Lion Dice, indoor side of the Force. Please go check it out. Bye. Bye.
2: <laughs>
3: I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you.
1: I mean, your cat pooped on you, so. Yeah. You understand. Yeah. Um.